Here, I think I have your answer. Um, it says the Partners in Crime remix was available on the following. First Kiss, Last Licks, the promo single, the forever European CD single. Every time I look at you, that's the one European the one. CD single. I was made for loving you live. 93 European CD single. I mean, if this is not why I had you complete morons on this show, I mean, <laughs> this is exactly how could I, you know, my normal guests would not know how to pull up. Where could we find the remix single of partners in crime on the B side of every time I look at you, first, I mean, come on, Joey. Joey, most of your guests don't even have access to the internet, so this is an upgrade right now. Welcome to Top Five with Joey Casada, starring Joey Casada. Team Jesus, my friend. No! Am I walking around, Park? Co-starring. Ernie Palooza. And the doctor, Tommy Snyder. Goddamn. Now here's your host, Joey Casada. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Top Five. I'm your host. Joey Casado, we have a stellar group of gentlemen with us tonight. We have the cream of the crop of the KISS podcast world. Now, I handpicked someone from all the top KISS podcasts around the world. And these are the five gentlemen that responded instead of my original picks. <laughs> so... Well played. <laughs> no, I, you know I love all you guys. Obviously, I, I'm a, I'm a part of uh, Podcast Rock City now. We, we we record every week, but I was a fan of all of yours before that. So I mean, you know, with the exception of Tom, maybe. But <laughs> but seriously, I I still listen. I don't even know why I admit this. I still I still listen to all of your stuff every week. Love it. Enjoy it tremendously. I'm the biggest Kiss nerd on the planet. Everyone knows that. Nothing I love more about than talking about Kiss. Well, maybe talking about myself, but Kiss too. And then <laughs> listening to other idiots like myself talk about Kiss. So we'll start off with my with my partner in crime, Mr. Joe Polo from Podcast Rock City. Say hello, Joe. Hello, Joe. <laughs> so again, because people might not know you from my show, give us a little backstory. Okay, so uh, Podcast Rock City, we've been on for almost eight years now. Uh, and we, we used to do recorded shows and put those on iTunes, and then we decided to try to uh, do something a little different and try to do it like live, like really live. Like the minute you're seeing it is the minute we're actually doing it, and it's way harder than I ever <laughs> thought it was. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. And I think we've probably done about 20 weeks of that so far, and I, I think it's I mean, I, it's so much fun. Just, I mean, just hanging out. Everybody on this show, we do the show because it's sitting with our friends and we get to talk kiss once a week. And that's why I do it because I, well, I don't have any life either. <laughs> now, Joe, I'm with you. I, I mean, there's nothing I like better than talking about kiss. Most of my friends in the real world 
aren't KISS fans, believe it or not. So I love getting together with other KISS nerds like myself to discuss, you know, just the most ridiculous topics in the world. Our show today is going to be a a little easier because it's, it's a more general subject, but all of you guys always go into the most ridiculous KISS topics in the world. And speaking of which, speaking of minutia, well, our next guest, <laughs> Mr. Marchicchini from Three Sides of the Coin. What's up, Mark? Oh, how are you guys tonight? Great. A collective great. well, I'm hoping. So. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, just talking kiss is something I love to do. It's fun. You know, just talking metal or rock in general is lots of fun. So, you know, looking for when Joey asked me to do it, it, uh, you know, I said, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, you know what I mean? Good stuff. So uh, looking forward to diving in deep with you gentlemen. And a little backstory with me and Mark. It's funny, obviously, before Mark joined Three Sides, Mark's band had opened for ZO2 back in the day in Detroit, right? Twice. Twice in, in the bowling alley, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got and- it's funny because before we were friends, we bowled together. Yes, my band and your band, because that was the one thing we have in common. We were both in three piece bands. Right. And, uh, you know, I I know this sounds like I'm blowing Joey, but he knows this story. You know, I I, matter of fact, in a recent episode of Three Sides, we talked about opening bands. And I've always been the kind of guy that always made sure I got there for the opening bands. Have I had to sit through a lot of shit? Yeah. But also, that's how I found ZO2, who I absolutely fucking love. And before we were friends, I went out and I bought the CDs and I <laughs> made sure my friends got into them too. And you know what I mean? It's just great music. And uh, you know what I mean? It's just it's just weird how life works. You know, now we're friends and it's all cool stuff, man. So Yeah, it's, fu- it's funny you, you say about opening bands too, because before ZO2 did the Kiss Tour, we got warned by a lot of people. And I knew it firsthand because I had seen Kiss, you know, a couple dozen times up until that point. Kiss fans don't want to see the opening band. They just don't. Nine times out of ten, you know, unless it's Cheap Trick or someone, you know, already really big. Even Poison. eh, Most Kiss fans didn't really love Poison on the tour that I did with them, too. But, we, you know, we were warned that we were going to get booed off the stage or just be prepared that Kiss fans are not going to be receptive to you. And you know, luckily for us, it was it was the opposite. From from the first show we did in Dallas, all the way to back around when we hit Texas again, we started in Texas and kind of, I think we ended in Texas, or we might have ended in New Mexico, something like that. But the whole tour, we had such great reception, just because I, I think people re- could see our you know we were so youthful and excited to be there, giddy as all hell to be on that stage in front of that. That kiss sign, you know, when we were doing sound check for the first day, and that kiss sign was blasting behind me, you know, flashing while we were doing sound check, you know, my my five year old self, you know, would have shit himself. So it was one of the it was the the best experience of my life, and I'm I'm so glad some of you got to see me on that tour. It was a, it was a great time. Well, like I said, I remember the first show. I don't remember exactly which one was the first because I went to about a dozen of them. And I remember the first time, see, because anybody who watches Three Sides knows or knows anything about, I'm, I'm not an, a hair metal guy at all. I, I hate the genre for the most part. <laughs> um, so it was funny. I would get there early, CZO2. Then when Poison was on, I'd go hang out with my friends and do something. And then I'd come back and see Kiss. <laughs> and, and I will tell you, um, 
I did sit through about half of one of the poison. I get it. I understand why people, I just don't like the music. I, it, it's funny too, because I, I think like CeCe's a really good guitar player. Right? Great player. A guitar player. I just, I, that Brett Michaels voice is just thin as paper. <laughs> I mean, just, just, I just don't, just don't care for them. And I, you know, whatever, that, that's, that's not what we're here for. So continue. <laughs> no, listen, anytime you want to go off on a tangent, I love it. Trust me. <laughs> All right, up next, Andy, Hot oh. of Thunder, one of my favorite shows of all time. You guys literally reviewed every single Kiss song in the t- entire Kiss catalog, and then some. Yeah, we didn't think we'd make it that far, to be Ooh. honest. We started in uh, 2013. We're like, oh, this will last a couple weeks or a couple months, and then it's like, well, damn, we're almost out of songs five years later. It's like I think it was about two 160 something 270 something like that that we got through is that how many is that how many songs kiss has what's the actual number do we know i think you could probably add you if you get into demos and stuff and i don't know how deep you want to go you could find more (laughs) but as far as official releases that's what we ended up with and we didn't do the live stuff separately just the studio stuff but that's where we went and then uh once we ran out of kiss songs we just continued and turned it into something where listeners could submit songs to a list and then it's like a random selection so we just get all kinds of stuff that people want to hear us talk about or whatever and that's where we're at now but wow you know real quick i want to say uh, thank you for inviting me to this meeting of the minds i didn't this is crazy it's like a it's like an indianapolis kiss expo virtual version of it so it's pretty cool yeah. seeing you guys and it's, I, we hung it, out at, we hung out there didn't we Andy? oh yeah yeah we yeah, did that's what i thought yeah, i remember yeah we did yes. the whole Ace, that old Ace Fraley thing. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. It, yeah. It's funny that you said that too, Andy, because, you know, when I was putting this together in my mind that I wanted to have all you guys on, and, you know, I was joking around in the beginning, you guys were really my number one picks. I'll probably edit that out later, but you guys were my number <laughs> one picks. And, you know, putting this together, you know, I'm not from the KISS podcast world. I was, I've been guests on all your shows before. Um, obviously, I do the show with Joe now. But in general, I know from the outside world how, you know, the KISS podcast fans are always butting heads and we're the best. Oh, you suck and that one sucks. I love the idea of having all you guys together because to me, we're all moron KISS fans. We're all in the same. We're in, we're, you know what I mean? It's, it's fun. We all enjoy what we do. Everyone's show is killer. Of course, my show is the best. But... In general, I just I love the idea of having you guys on all together. I would have loved to have some of your counterparts on as well, but of course we're at six people right now. I didn't want to have you know twenty nine people on the on the show. Eventually, maybe I'll do a follow episode with some of your counterparts. But you know, I just I wanted to handpick you guys because I kind of know you more personally than some of your other partners and stuff like that. So you guys were my my first choices. And you're and you're honestly the most handsome of the group. Wow, that's wow. Especially that Andy. Andy is striking oh. on camera tonight. Thank you. I tanned for this. I did I some could, crest I could, light strips. I could see. I could actually see that. I did a push up. <laughs> a push up. Nice. I mean, <clears throat> all I had in the tank. Speaking of it's the so opposite easy. of handsome, the opposite of handsome. We're, we're on. We're on Tom. Shout it out loud, cast. You know, this is one of my favorite shows right now. Vulgar as all can be. 
right up my alley, <laughs> even though they're from Boston, the, the opposite of what I'm from, from New York, from Brooklyn. I love these morons. They're so much fun to listen to. They curse up a storm. They're, they're really like guys that I grew up with, and that's why. And he's a paisan to, to boot. Tom, what's up? Joey, thank you so much for having me. This is this is huge. Um, I, I love all these shows here. I'm the I'm the new guy here amongst this group. So these guys have been around for way way longer than me. So this is a, this is a thrill for me to be here. So shout out Loudcast, me and and my my best buddy uh, Zeus, co-host, college buddy. Um, again, we've been doing this for you know about two years. We just recorded our 118th episode. Wow! Um, and like jo- and like Joey said, you know, um, we're we're kiss nerds just like everybody else. But we we come at it from a crazy angle. You know, we do we do topics. You know, we do album reviews, top tens, drafts, rankings, talking about the DVDs, the books, you know, all that stuff. Um, but you know, we, we do get a little, you know off the rails sometimes and that that's just us we hit record and it's just me and zeus just talking about kiss um so so this is great and um i I, i'm thrilled to be sharing the screen with all these guys this is going to be a lot of fun nah but dude that's what makes it so good you you and that moron zeus and and he doesn't even know we're doing this yet i'm gonna i'll text him tomorrow and let him in that i picked you over him but um (laughs) just again i love you know kiss podcasts are fun because we all love the topic of kiss but it's not really about kiss. It's about the interaction between the guys on the podcasts. I don't, you guys could yeah. be talking about, you know, taking a shit on the sidewalk. And if, if it's a good, fun story and a great discussion between cool, fun people, I want to listen to it. And that's what really you, all of you have in common. You know what I mean? It's just fun discussions between guys that I relate to, guys that I want to hear talk. And guys that I have fun listening to. It's it, and and it just so happens that it's it's my favorite subject in the world. Kiss. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's great. I'm excited for this. This is going to be a good one. So, and it's great. Thank you for inviting me and, and sharing the screen with all these cool guys. So this is great. Absolutely. Now, last but not least, we got the powerful and attractive, Mr. Matt Porter from the Kiss Room. You know, I'm thrilled to be here as well. It's funny, you know, Andy described it as kind of a convention where everybody gets together. I feel like it's the godfather. It's the head of every family, and we've joined together yes. to talk about this. <laughs> With the, all these powerful and attractive men, I mean, really, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, the Kiss Room, it's primarily it started as a radio show. You know, I've been lucky. I work at Montgomery County Community College, and they've had Monco Radio, which is where music in minds me. Joe, you get the gold star. The, <laughs> um, you. you know, for since like 2003, we've had internet. So the idea of kind of sneaking on the radio, and, and of course, anybody that listens to the Kiss Room knows, Kiss was actually scheduled to play at Montgomery County Community College May 11th, 1974. <laughs> Show never happened, of course, but in in my part of history, I would always try and sneak onto Monco Radio and do a show around May, you know, bring Kiss to Monco in May 11th, or I would sneak on in my birthday, or I would sneak on around, you know, spring break when nobody was around. And then it was really, we're almost about 10 years. It was uh, June 2012 was, uh, you know, in May, I did a Kiss show. And Ken Mills, of, of course, of the podcast said, dude, that show was awesome. You should do that all the time. And the next month, so it was June, I'm like, I now it's called The Kiss Room, and we got thekissroom.com, and boom, put it on the map, and just, I do it once a month, really. I, I like it. I always modeled it after, the, and you all know the old Kiss Super Specials, those ones that were 
really all Kiss. Maybe had a couple things in the back that were like, you know, Stars or Piper or whatever, but it was mostly Kiss. And that was kind of always my model. Glossy, colorful, talking about Kiss. And that was, uh, that's always been the fun. I mean, last year, you know, obviously like everybody else on the planet, we got shut out of the studio, so I've been doing everything more podcast, traditional, you know, pre-recorded things like that. But for most of the run, it's always been live, you know, open up the mics, who's listening, send a shout out. You look at the Facebook, you get a phone call, boom, boom, boom. Great fun. So it's uh, it's the kiss room. And that's that's what I've always done. I love the fact that, you know, that there is and has been such a healthy podcasting community that loves talking about kiss. I mean, it's, that's why I like listening to everybody's shows because it's like, you get to hear everybody's different, you know, there's not a million podcasts about any other band, but there's a million podcasts about kiss. And I think it's because we're all such fans of it. And that's, that's what really makes it great. So, so true. It's it's so true. You know, when you think about Kiss and the the amount of different podcasts, and I want to mention, obviously, I couldn't have all the the members of all the families on the all, you know, from every podcast. The heads of the family, Joey. (laughs) I almost think of it as the Warriors, too. All the gangs coming together, you know, to kind of meet. Meet in, in you know in that meeting, and then you have the offshoots that weren't invited, like the orphans. Remember the <laughs> the gang, you know the gang of the orphans, and all the little gangs that weren't invited. Listen, for everyone out there that's listening that wasn't invited, please don't hold me, you know, accountable. It was Joe Polo's idea to have you know to not it invite you. He so if you it. if you want to blame anyone, blame Joe. He's okay with that. And but let let's get into the topic. I of the specifically week. said, make sure Chiquiti comes, not that fucking tool guy. <laughs> no, I texted Brandville. They didn't answer me back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mark, you, you know you're my favorite of the three. It's not even close. <laughs> Tommy is a it's a very handsome and he's a very handsome man. But you're my favorite. You know that. <laughs> so obviously the topic this week is going to be kiss related. My show is called Top Five, so we got to do a top five list. And you know, I've, you know, you've all picked your favorite Kiss songs over the years on your shows. Blah blah blah. We've talked about Kiss songs. Andy's talked about every single Kiss song in existence. But for this show, we're gonna do top five favorite deep cut Kiss songs. Now, let the de- let the debate begin. Now, what what qualifies as a deep cut? Guys, any anyone have any uh, any suggestions? What qualifies as a deep cut? I think it's. I think you're going to have 50 different definitions. So I'll just tell you mine. I just went with songs that I may have heard once live. You know, okay. This didn't play a lot, or something. You know what I mean? Or none. For, or zero. For me, I I went with just the unwritten rule of a song. So I, I didn't use the concert thing i just went a little different songs that for me pretty much only appear on the studio album meaning you can't find them on any of the alive albums you can't find them on any of the popular uh compilations of double platinum killers smashes thrashes greatest kiss very bad where the only place you can pretty much find them is on the studio release that's 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 what i use to make my list so mark what do you got what's your criteria here well, in, in my mind, I just said to myself, uh, probably should stick with songs that I've never heard them play live, uh, you know, be it bootleg or in person. Um, it's funny, too, because, uh, you know, one of the running jokes on, on, on Three Sides is 
you know, I never follow the rules on things. And I've got one that I, <laughs> exactly. to that I have seen them play live, but fuck it. You know, it's a podcast. So I, I love it. He, he, he actually makes his own rule and then breaks it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Andy, what do you think? What, what, what qualifies as, as a deep cut? I was thinking no music video, no official single release and something that's not in the current like last 20 year live set maybe it's something they tried back in the day but not like in the greatest hits yeah i i I mean to me already that seems like the most logical you know broad span of what we're talking about i i think we're you know we're talking about something that the average fan again my my listeners are not necessarily kiss fans so you know the average listener of of a when you say kiss obviously if someone picks rock and roll all night you're getting immediately ejected out of the, out of the, the conversation. So you know stuff stuff that you would you would hear Kiss play all the time over the last twenty years. That's on greatest hits and stuff like that. Probably doesn't qualify. What do you think, Matt? You know, yeah, I went kind of with everybody's rules. Was uh, the same with Mark. I I created rules for myself and then broke them all. And then uh, you know the same. I think we were talking about it before. Like Tom had said was it was something that you know maybe they never played live. I think I broke that rule. Um, you know, it was one of those things. I just thought it was songs that I love, but that the tire kickers aren't going to know. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, like if I said it to somebody who's only at a casual kind of, and you know, you hate to say if somebody's only a casual fan, and I'm a great fan, but the uh, <laughs> it's stuff they're not going to know as maybe somebody who doesn't. You know, we were saying earlier, well, nothing's a deep cut to us because we know every song we have, every song we have songs they've forgotten that they have. You know, it's the kind of thing where it's uh, songs that maybe, uh, you know, we know better than they do. And uh, that's kind of where I went with it. Yeah, listen, none of you, none of you are wrong. So there's no criteria. Whatever you guys think is your favorite deep cut. That's okay. I don't have rules. There's no rules. Whatever, whatever, whatever you guys say goes. But I would love some bloodbath on the show. I would I would love a little I would love some arguing. I would love I would love some cursing. Tom especially, you know, if you want to call someone oh, a jerk off or an asshole, I'm, I'm all for it. Please never. do it. I would never. And, and you you're more than welcome to direct all of them towards me. I I, I can deflect, you know, pretty well. Okay. But let's start. Let's start. Joe, you're number 5. What do you got? Okay, so what you got? I got um okay, so the uh, favorites uh, there's a lot. So basically what I wanted to do was I wanted to uh, pick favorites that I thought s- some of them may not be picked by all five, everybody else. So I started with a favorite. I, I started with Jungle. You know, I I was like, uh, when, for some reason, when you start talking to Kiss fans about deep cuts, Carnival of Souls doesn't come up. I don't know. It's it's, but that song Jungle to me is awesome. I love that song. It's uh, it's kick ass, and uh, I don't know if anybody else will have that on the list, but that's my number five. Love it. I I, I proudly wave the flag of Carnival of Souls. I'm what I I, I don't care. I, I I'll take the beating there. I know Kiss fans. It's a very 
polarizing album. Always been a fan of it since it was released. So I agree. Jungle's great, great tune. Everything on Carnival of Souls is considered a deep cut because I would say there's a good, yeah. good ratio of Kiss fans that you know either flip it over as a coaster or just are never in the mood for it. I mean, it's really you know, and of course, probably everybody on here we had it as a bootleg tape going around. Hundred percent. Then it was it, mm-hmm. it went underground. Then it came back, and then when the reunion tour had happened, I remember you know when the reunion tour started, you go, I don't want this grungy sound of Kiss. And then of course, you know, in the fade out of uh, you know where he's singing, uh, you know, you were always my friend he starts going you got something about you i remember sitting at the light in the 309 in quakertown it was like he was speaking to me in my language secret code going i know the rest of this album sounds like grunge but i'm still gene simmons <laughs> yep. Yep. it's so funny too because when when i got obviously we all i'm pretty sure we all had the bootleg before the official release I didn't have any song titles on the bootleg. So, you know, I was making up my own song titles. I didn't know Jungle was the song title. So I was always making up. And, you know, Carnival, because it's grungy, they don't have those big choruses. There's no reason to live. There's no, you know, big chorus where the, where they're singing the song title over and over again. You know, I remember thinking Master and Slave was Tell Me. That's what I thought the song title was. Tell Me. You know, I had no nope. idea. So... Again, anything off Carnival would definitely be considered a deep cut. All right, Mark, mm-hmm. what do you got? Number five. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, the leadoff track, um, Hate. Not only is that an incredible song, Joey, I don't, I don't know if any, because I really, really don't know if you played this I think I met Matt before once. But, um, hey, Kiss Convention, New York. Killer drum, if you go in drum track, killer drum track. But that's, yeah, I, that the drum track on that song is so fucking cool. Awesome. Um, That, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm sure we'll get hate mail for this or whatever. I'll take Carnival of Souls over anything they did in the 80s. That, I fucking love Carnival of Souls. I've loved it from day one. Nice. That record, yeah, are they copying trends? Sure, but they're fucking copying trends from 1979 on. So why go, oh my God, they fucking sound like, what, they weren't trying to sound like Bon Jovi before that? They weren't trying to sound like, come on, give me a fucking break. yeah, Yeah, but they actually did it good. I'm telling you, I cannot believe the amount of people that I've played that for, especially back in the day. They dig it. And I go, it's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Because it, again, were they jumping trends? A hundred percent. Did it sound like classic Kiss? No way. But don't tell me that fucking hate isn't a fucking great song. Or rain or all that stuff. Awesome. I, yep. I fucking love that entire record. It's it just and, and I'm going to tell you right now, Bruce really fucking shines on that record. There's a lot of great guitar playing. Eric's playing's great. Paul's vocals on it. That's what I mean. I'm like, what do you look? Listen to it as music, not that it's. That doesn't sound like like again. It it's, it doesn't have the big chorus. Who fucking cares? It's good. The music's good. That's all that you should think about. 
is the music is good. So um, for my number five is Hate, which is one of my favorite Kiss songs of all time, to be honest. Wow. Great. Nice. Not only a great pick, I, I couldn't agree with all the stuff you said anymore because to me, Kiss is as great a band as they are is because of the different stuff they've released over the year. As much as I love Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun, if they would have had 35 albums of Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun, I probably would have gotten sick of it over time. But because Kiss can go from Unmasked to Creatures to Crazy Nights to Carnival of Souls and everything in between, that's to me what makes Kiss so great. Sometimes I'm in the mood for Hate and Jungle and Rain and Childhood's End. And sometimes I'm in the mood for Talk to Me and Two Sides of the Coin uh, uh, and, you know, all these other things on, on, on the poppy side of Kiss and Charisma and all. there's so many different... Kiss has its own genres. It and, and not many bands can say that, I think. And... You know, as we get you know into our picks, you know, not not to say that I love the grungy side of Kiss, but I remember when Carnival came out and when I had the bootleg that I was weirdly proud to show like people that didn't love Kiss the, the way I loved Kiss because grunge was so big at that time. Hey, check this out. This is mm -hmm. Kiss right now. Look how cool this is. And they would say, like Mark said. Wow, holy shit, that's Kiss? Yeah, looking back, the average Kiss fan probably doesn't like it, but I love that they can do all these different things. Yeah, while well, they copycats, I don't care. They did it better. This is probably sacrilege. They did it better than Nirvana. They did it better than Pearl Jam. Fuck those bands. I'm it's with Kiss. You. <laughs> Speaking, all right, Joey, we're not bashing grunge here tonight. Be careful, my friend. Come on now. I love Carnival Souls. Don't stop bashing my grunge <laughs> bands. Come on. Nah, but listen, I've never been a grunge guy, and and, and I think it's because okay. and anyone who's read my book and to plug my book, of course, start with a dream. Um, available on Amazon.com. <laughs> to you, the fans. Um, the fans. So. You know, as I was already in the music business at this time. So, I, you know, it's, it's 90, 91, 92. I'm already recording demos and, and shopping to record labels. And, you know, I'm in that Skid Row, Guns N' Roses scene at that time. Yeah. That's the music that I'm producing and, and playing on at that time. So when I'm, when I'm shopping my demos to labels and they're shooting back, nah, you're 280s. You know, and this new grunge movement is moving in. You got to understand, it's not that I hate grunge; it's that it des it destroyed me at that time. It destroyed oh, yeah. my career. You know, Did it you wasn't it wasn't like it was. Say again, Andy. Did you consider turning a corner musically and being like, okay, well, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. Yes and no. So again, you know, as my career progressed, at the time I wasn't accepting of grunge. I was, you know, when I heard. You know, it's one thing to hear, no, we don't love the material, we don't love the songs, you know, give us a call, you know, get a new set of demos and, and, and send it back. It was worse than that. It was, your genre of music is dead. And we would literally hear that. You know, a guy like Jason yeah. Flom from Atlantic Records, I have, the, I have the email saved. It wasn't even actually an email, it was a handwritten letter. And he basically said, this genre is dead. Your singer... 
you know, sounds like Jeff Tate. He sounds like, you know, Sebastian Bach. We don't want that anymore. So it wasn't even like your band. You, we don't love your songs. We don't love everything you're doing. So it was like a, a, a knife to the heart. So I, I did wind up pivoting a little bit. It wasn't f- towards the grunge movement. It was more towards, you know, once Gin Blossoms came out and Creed and those types of bands, more melodic rock started st- you know, become popular again. I started pivoting towards that genre, you know, even like bands like Hootie and the Blowfish and stuff like that, more song oriented stuff. Grunge just hit me with such a brick to the face that I could never get into it. Fair enough. Shirts like Trickster instead of Nirvana. So yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) All right, Andy, what do you got? Number five. I'm going to go with, Easy as it seems. Got a couple reasons. One, I feel like I like it as is, but also the song, I feel like it's to re-recorded in various styles. That could be done by like a power pop band with a guitar solo instead of a keyboard solo. You could do it in like a 50s style with saxophone and piano. It's just a good song. And I feel like... uh, I don't know what would be the reason it wasn't it, it there's something missing with the uh unmasked version but i feel like that's a really good song that if someone else took it they could have had a hit probably too late now but you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's something there and i think that one deserves to be on the list I agree. yeah i love that song. yeah to, unmasked again to me is probably the most underrated kiss album Mark might disagree because it's the poppiest Kiss album, maybe, but it's it's a very underrated Kiss album. And when people talk about "I Was Made for Loving You" as as the disco song, "Easy as It Seems" is way more disco than "I Was Made for Loving You." <laughs> that baseline, do 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 do. I mean, that's right uh, out of Saturday Night Fever. It's it's you could plug that and throw you know throw the Bee Gees vocals right over that, and it's perfect. But great pick. Definitely a deep cut and definitely underrated. Joey, I, I think I think you kind of I, I, a couple things. One, I thought that was a brilliant pick, by the way. Um, great song. Um, as I say so often, timeline is everything. Um, I remember vividly when that came out. I remember that I had women, women and children first of Van Halen on one cassette because we used to bring our cassettes and I put Unmasked on the other one. Guess which ones my friend and I, or guess which side my friends and I played ad nauseum. Uh, it didn't, we never heard easy as it seemed. And that's really it, disco, pop, whatever. In 1980, 
do we need to go with the Black Sabbath brand new? Iron yeah, Maiden? of course. You know, yep. that's that's what I was 15 in 1980. It was a no brainer, which what I was gravitating to. And then, you know, you know, seeing Van Halen on that tour, I mean, just it, it again, Kit, my my don't get me wrong, I stayed a fan. I bought all the records, but they were dropping the freaking ball, man. And and that one that one's aged better than than I think the elder has, but it's uh, it's still again great songwriting, great pop songwriting. But that sure as fuck didn't sound like side four of Alive Two, which was just two years earlier. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I, I. You know. I, I would. I would. I want more arguing on this. This show, please, guys. Can you? Can you get start some arguing? I. I hate agreeing all the time, but I hate to say it. I. I agree. You know. Timeline really is everything. Looking back at a power pop album like Unmasked, I love it. But I can. I, you know. I was only five years old at that time, so you know. I'm not in in the mix of the music That's the scene thing we're yet. We're going to see differently. Yeah. If you were five in 1980, I was 15. Right. I had raging hormones. And you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you wanted, that's, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I like pop music. And again, I thought Kiss did it very well, but that's not why I fell in love with Kiss. Yeah. I fell in love with Kiss because of like hotter than hell. I mean, that was the kind of music that I liked. Yep. You know what I mean? And, um, yep. That's I think age again timeline. I'm I'm very fortunate. I I, I literally followed Kiss because I have an older brother and older sister, and Kiss was big here in Detroit early on, as you guys know. So and my my older brother and my older sister were <clears throat> fans. So I mean I grew up with it in real time. So that's how come things like Unmasked and The Elder were so crushing to me. Whereas <laughs> if you were five in 1980, especially if you go back and revisit it, it's you see it through a different set of eyes. Um, so, Mark, but my eyes now, now that you time. say that, when you when you go back and revisit it, of course, like you're saying, timeline. When you're 15 and you have women and children first, and you have unmasked, you can't even even compare the two. But looking back, because you see Kiss as a whole now, do you can you appreciate an album like Unmasked? Well, I appreciated it at the time, but that's not what I wanted to put on when I hung out with my. Partners. No, not at the time. Now. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I still I like Unmasked. I, I never didn't like not like Unmasked, I should say. I always liked it. It I could just tell it wasn't what. Yeah. You know, but it's I t again, you know, I'll throw Queen in the mix too. <laughs> Hot Space in 82, even the game. That didn't sound like fucking, yeah. you know, um, the prophet song off of, you know, uh, Night at the Opera. A lot of stuff was transitioning then. And I was very fortunate that, you know, living through that all in real time. That's how come, you know, some bands I stayed with, some bands I dropped. Queen's one that I dropped. And I'll tell you what, it was funny. I, I, I loved when I... I don't know if you guys are Rush fans, but when I watched that Beyond the Gilded Stage, whatever, how many of the hosts awesome. they had are fans who, I mean, they're famous people, but they all said, felt like I did. I, after moving pictures, they lost me. Me too. I liked the aggressive Rush. I liked, you know, I liked All the Worlds, the stage, that live album, um, you know, more so than Exit Stage Left. And I liked the the more raw experimental stuff, I guess. It, as soon as they started, like, 
you know, new world band. They, they lost me. Cause I, I, if I want to listen to the police, I'll listen to the police. But that's <laughs> right. what that sounded like to me. But anyways, I digress. Um, continue on. No, nah, but you're right. Listen, age is so important. And again, the, the kind of the premise of my show top five is, is kind of, and again, I'm not a, I don't care about ratings. I love hanging out with guys like you, my buddies from my childhood, talking about stuff, reminiscing on the past. And, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, age is everything. When, you, when you're at that most impressionable age, whether it's 10, 12 years old, things are sticking to you and they will never go away. And for me, you know, things like on my podcast, we just did an episode of, you know, top five video games and stuff like that. So video games today have no meaning to me. They mean nothing to me. Things back in the day from ColecoVision and in television that's what I grew up with. So that's the stuff that sticks to my bones. So same thing. All of us might have different things that necessarily stick to us that you know gravitate that we gravitate towards over the years because of what what was happening in our lives at that point. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. Again, that's what that's why I do this show to reminisce and stuff like that. And reminiscing about Kiss, of course, is one of my favorite things. Tom, what do you got? All right, so you wanted an argument from other people. You might get one here. So I'm, I'm a Gene guy, so my list is very Gene-heavy, but I'm going to start off my list with a Paul song. So I am a huge fan of Hot in the Shade. Love that album, and I specifically love the Paul songs. I think Paul hits a lot of those songs right out of the park. Melodic, hard rock, great choruses, great hooks, great melodies. And one of my all-time favorites on that album is You Love Me to Hate You. I love the hook to that song, the bridge into the chorus, and then the chorus itself. The verses are a little eh, uh, but I think that's Paul at his at his pop melodic rock best, and it, uh, it's a standout track. Could have been a hit on that album for me. I think a lot of those Paul songs were really could have been hits. The songs that they did have obviously were hits with obviously Forever and Rise To It, Hide Your Heart. I think I love Gene. I think Gene kind of dropped the ball on Hot in the Shade, and uh, I think Paul carried that album, and that's that that's a standout for me. Good song. You yeah. I think anybody's going to disagree. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I would love to say I hate it. I, I'm, there's a good chance I'm going to love all those. I mean, I, we're all Kiss morons, so I have, a, I have a good chance. There's a good chance we're going to love all the songs we each pick, but – I yeah, can't imagine we're all gonna. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's <laughs> gonna start getting into a fight over too many songs. But, right, yeah. God, I hate that song. No, right, I can't right, imagine right. it happening. Right, but yeah, right. great song. Paul is at his vocal. You know, his powers are peaking at that point. Yeah, Paul is amazing. You know, during Hot in the Shade time, especially that tour was incredible. But yeah, yep. I, I I can't argue with I can't argue with the pick, and definitely a deep okay. cut. All right, I think cool. the song is really good. I fucking hate that album. Terrible. Yeah, a lot of people hate that album. Much like when we started off, one of my five is off of that record. Yeah. So again, right over the years, it's funny. Like I've I thought of albums like throughout the years that I I don't love that album, and then I realize, yeah, I kind of do love that album. Fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's funny, and especially 
you know, maybe we'll get into this as we go along. I'm curious to see the picks. But over the last, I would say, five years, I've really come to appreciate Gene's 80s songs more more than ever. And no I know doubt. that they get shit on all the time. And, and it's, you know, it's in every book. It's in every interview. Gene checked out in the 80s. He was acting. He was doing this. He was doing that. It, it, it's, it's in every interview you ever hear. But if you really go listen to some of Gene's tracks in the 80s, the problem with Gene in the 80s, he wasn't Bon Jovi. He wasn't, you know, Sebastian Bach. He wasn't one of these singers that had that voice or that charisma. He was Gene. So if you're thinking of Gene as God of Thunder and and Dr. Love, you're not getting that. You know, I don't want to give away some some people's picks, so I don't want to name some songs, but there are so many Gene songs in the 80s that get shit on that if you really go back and listen to them for what they are, they're way better than people think they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Well said. Agreed. All right, Matt. Maybe I set you up. What do you got? You got a Gene song number five? What do you got? No, you know what? Batting fifth in the lineup <laughs> here, it's tough because we kind of did a lot of talking about Unmask, and I was going to say tomorrow. Which yes. is, I mean, super pop oriented, but a song that probably a lot of fans wouldn't think of if you asked them for their top 10 songs. Um, kind of like what we talked about earlier. I love Unmasked, and I'm a couple years younger than Mark, but I mean, I, to me, at that time, it just felt like the natural thing of like after the solo albums gave us such variety, you could kind of expect anything from Kiss, and, it, and, and we got it. And, and, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, at that time, I mean, obviously up to like a live two, or there was a certain Kiss sound. Like you said, if they had stayed with that sound all the way, we wouldn't we wouldn't have them today. They would have been done yeah. by 1980. But yep. that pivot to let's make a pop album. Let's you know now we got different people coming in and out of the band. Some of it sounds different. There's getting a lot of different kind of outside influence, and it's a different album. And look. A lot of people either you talk about you want to argue you love or hate it. The cover on Mask, some people really, oh, I hate that. That's so stupid. I still they stay, they stink. But, you know, I love that. I, I mean, at that time, comic books was like my total wheelhouse. So it's like the cover was a comic book. And, and it was like, you know, oh, my God, I love this. So tomorrow, you figure that's Paul, almost a Paul Stanley solo song because he's singing, playing the guitars and the bass yep. and uh, really just kind of bringing this great Paul Stanley song. So tomorrow is my number five pick. And I think, uh, you know, it's it's just a good pop song. Might, might be the best song on that album. I love Unmasked. That's a great song. Good call. Yeah, Thank it's you. really great. It could have gone on a few different records, I think. Yep. All right, you assholes. I, I, Listen, I this we're, we're being I, way I too nice to each other. Come on. No, I'd have Come on, Mark. Here's where I just... No, no, because I agree with the song. I love Fuck. the song. It's a great song. I agree. I mean, um, it was on my honorable mentions. But but uh, here's something I am going to take umbrage with. I, I wish they, in retrospect, I really do. I wish they would have stayed with the sound on side four of Alive 2. I think yeah. they would have been stronger. I if agree. you disagree with me, I'll give you four letters. A, <laughs> C, D, C. <laughs> because I had yeah. Kiss stayed in that. Had Kiss stayed in black and silver and stayed in that. 
I, I think their trajectory would have kind of done what Aerosmith did. They would have kept their, it would have, you know, let's face it. They did take the deep dive into the kiddie pool and it almost killed them. That's what made the story more fascinating. Don't get me wrong. But just as a, as a rock and roll fan, I, I, that's why, that's why I, my friends and I didn't listen to Unmasked because they didn't sound like they did on a live, yeah. four, you know, the side four of a live two. That's all. I was talking you, to somebody the other day when you take an album like Unmasked, imagine like Olivia Newton John doing Tomorrow on solid <laughs> gold, right? I mean, first of all, who wouldn't love that? Olivia Newton John. There'd be all those spandex clad women. Look, I was about 12. That would have been everything, you know? So it's like, you know, the, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, at the time I was, Hey, this is a kiss record. This is kiss. But when you get older, you go, I could hear other bands doing some of these songs and they would be probably pretty cool. Yeah. yeah great song. You know, the, the thing with unmasked too, you, you know, it's funny because bands evolve and, you know, kiss is now around six, seven years at this point. You can even see the way, if you look back, Without their makeup on, you look back at the way Kiss was dressing in street clothes back in 73, 74, 75, and then you look you look back at street clothes in 79, 80, 81. Peter has sweaters on. Ace has a has a freaking button down. It, it's it's a completely different. It's a they're different people at this point. So you know, for people to think that they can still record, you know. Destroyer and and rock and roll over, they're they're different people, and I get it because I progressed in my life and my bands too, so I understand what they were going through. Do I agree with it or do I like it? Not necessarily, but I understand because you can see the progression in their lives. They were 24, 25, now they're 30, 29, 30. They're in the spotlight. Gene is wearing sport coats, coats with a flower in it. He's trying to be more sophisticated. Everyone is trying to be more proper and prim and proper. And they're going that route where ACDC is still kicking ass, drinking whiskey. And, you know, Kiss is not. It, it, they, they, they became different people, which in essence became a different band. Well, the band is splintering. It is a different band. I mean, Peter's yeah. leaving. Ace is checked out. You know, you talk about, you know, it's the lifestyle was, uh, you know, their lifestyle at the time. Maybe they didn't even care about Kiss anymore. They want to go off and do their own thing or they just want to drive their sports car really fast the right. wrong way against traffic. Right. So it's, I think, you know, whereas ACDC seemed, they seemed locked in that group. They were tight. They just seemed like they, you know, and I, mean, I don't know as much about the history of ACDC, but they all just seemed to hang in there, you know? And I mean, obviously then by 1980, while, you know, Kiss is putting out, uh, you know, stuff like Unmasked, ACDC is putting out Back in Black. Right. And it's like, and you go, but there's the key is, you got a totally different singer. You got a new energy in the band. They're coming off a devastating loss of Bon Scott. Kiss is coasting in a way. Now they're all millionaires. They've had huge success. And some of them are fed up with being Kiss. I think in a lot of ways they were fed up with even wearing the makeup. Like, you Agreed. know, you couldn't go to like an oh, award yeah. show because you can't sit in, in the audience at the award show in your Paul Stanley costume. You know, I think they, <laughs> they were sick of it. And I think, you know, and that's why you have those couple of years where, you know, now they're starting to disappear. They're not really even the public eye. You know, I, I think one of you had said that the criteria was there's no music video. You figure now they're, they're, they're hardly making music videos. MTV doesn't exist yet. You have the most visual band on the planet. Where are you going to see a video at that point, 1980? You know what I mean? Like maybe in the record store or whatever, or like I said, on solid gold or something like that. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously the the solo albums, as much as I love them looking back because they were so innovative and no one's ever done it before or since, the solo albums were the beginning of the end. And, you know, know, maybe even Beth was the beginning of the end. Peter, you know, Peter got that little taste of I'm the star. And then all of a sudden Ace's solo album hit big. No, I'm the star. So, you know, they all got a little taste of that fame. And and I understand what happened. Do I agree with it? And and I wish they could have stayed together. Of course I I do. But I understand the progression. You could really see it. It's so transparent. You can see the progression of Kiss, why they broke up, how they broke up, and how they rebuilt. And let's start there. So my number five pick, not the initial the initial rebuilt, which I will have one of those songs later, but the album after the after they took off the makeup, Animal Eyes. And you know, one of my favorite songs, the lead-off track, I've had enough. Into the fire. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you? How did you pick such a piece of yes! shit song? That's what I want from you, Joseph. Fire. I know that's fake. You, you, you're the worst actor in the world. <laughs> he was but selling again, it. That was good. And no, he sold it he terribly. He smiles too much, though. Come on. <laughs> Joe is too mad, sweet. Joe. Joe is never oh. angry at anyone. That's his problem. <laughs> I love everybody. I love all you guys. Actually, I've, I've hung... I've hung out with everybody except for Tom, and I, I don't know. Tom, are you going on the Kiss Cruise? I absolutely am. Zeus We're going to hang out. We're first hang time out. ever. <laughs> yep. Yep. But again, first track on Animalize, I've had enough, Into the Fire, killer track, one of my favorite bridges, if you want to call it the bridge of all time. Such, just hook after hook after hook. Eric is on fire. Paul's vocals are really flipping on, you know, all the way highest, highest can be here. Such a great track, still heavy, still sonically great. Just a great track. One of my favorite songs in the Kiss catalog. Very underrated. Never hear anyone talk about it. You said it, Joey. One thing about that album, some people criticize some of the song quality, especially like the bottom half of that album. But sonically, the production on that album just ballsy album eric's eric's to me not to go off on a tangent even though that seems like we're everybody that's all we're doing here tonight which is great because i love kiss tangents but for me the drums on animalize and lick it up that's that's what i want to hear creatures of the night is too much for me it's too much for me it's overproduced it's too bombastic it's too the the drums on lick it up and animalize that's when eric i think is just just absolutely just going to town on the drums. And Animalize is great, and that song is a killer opener on that album. I love it. Agreed. Yeah, Michael James Jackson, you know, started the producing of that album, so he probably did yep. most of the drum tracks on that. He did do all the drum tracks. He, he did. Yep. And, you know, it's funny. Everyone talks about the, the, the drum tracks of Michael James Jackson, starting with, you know, they don't really talk about killers, but they, they'll start with creatures and – the actual yep. drum tones on it. Mark as a drummer knows this stuff, but what they what they miss all the time 
And this is really the hardest part of tracking drums. And anyone who's a drummer or anyone who's a producer knows this. It's the cymbal stuff. Some of mm-hmm. the cymbal stuff, the the, the, the the sonics of the cymbals on from creatures all the way through animal eyes, especially creatures, the cymbal stuff on those albums are incredible. Yes, the tones of the drums are great. Creatures are, you know, it's in a, it's a league of its own. It's an acquired taste. I agree with that. It's a different, it's a drummer type album. It's, it's an acquired taste where, where lick it up and, and animalizes more of a, uh, more, you know, produced, you know, commercially successful produced drum sound. But if you listen to the hi-hat work and the cymbal work, mm-hmm. it's so clean and, you know, the way, you know, the way I listen to Sonic's it's everywhere rather than just certain spots Joey, in the mix. especially on Saint and Sinner. That oh. fucking groove. Oh, yes. Woo. Yes. That shuffle well, you groove. Can tell that, you can tell that he was a Bonham fan because that's exactly where he fucking topped that from. I know. Yep. I, that, 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 that's, that's not easy to do. Very hard. Very, very difficult drum track. Killer drum sound. And again, the production is killer. So again, that's my pick. I've had enough. Animalize again. I I agree. Great drum tone, tom work especially. It it bleeds into that animalize uncensored you know drum sound. They kind of had the same tone. The toms and the bridge are just dynamite. Ah. That that is just oh yeah. I I, I will tell you the 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 only reason I'm gonna I agree that it's an incredible song and arguably in the top five songs of the unmasked on you know no makeup era. However, I never see that song as a as a deep cut just because it's the lead off track, and I don't yeah. know anyone who doesn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in our community, yes, but in, in the average, if you go talk to someone who doesn't no, know Kiss it. that well, it. nobody saying, knows that song. Yeah, yeah, but man, that, that is a great fucking song. I love that. One. Yep. All right, Joe, we're back to you. I know we've been on the we've been on here for seventeen hours now. We're up to number four. Uh, Joe, let's go. Yeah. My number four is Young and Wasted. Oh, that was... That is why I created backups because I didn't want to have any duplicates. <laughs> Young and wasted. Oh man, what a fucking awesome song! And it's made even more awesome when Eric Carr sings it. I remember watching Animal Eyes Uncensored for the first time and seeing Eric sing it, pausing it on my VCR and running to the record, not knowing that Eric. What Eric sings this song? holy shit and then hearing the different vocal the knowing that it's gene on the album i wonder why why do they make eric sing it live is it because they just want to give him another vocal or gene can't physically sing it live what do you think i don't know i I actually love gene's vocals of the the studio version and and the thing of the 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 reason i love that song that probably my favorite song on lick it up just that groove, that drive that Eric and Gene have to to carry that song and make it what it is. I just in the chorus, oh god, oh, a young and wasted, just a friggin' spectacular song. Great pick, <laughs> Joe. 
See, that's a oh. question I wonder, is there maybe if they ever demoed it or recorded it with Eric doing the vocal, if there's a studio version that might exist, I mean, wouldn't you love to have that? Because when, it, like you said, I mean, obviously that Animalize, you know, Uncensored is such a phenomenal captured time of the band. But I mean, yeah, it was like a surprise, like, wow, it's Eric really ripping the vocals and it was, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah. Do you think it was that thing of having uh, four stars and wanting everyone to shine at a live show? Probably. If, sure. Since Eric could sing, it's like, well, we he's got to sing something. Good yeah. point. I, I, I think it's it's almost maybe as easy as, you know, they're probably overwhelmed as far as vocals. Gene's probably like, oh, Jesus Christ, I need a break. Eric, you want to do this one? I, I, I think we, as KISS fans, sometimes we overthink things like morons. Yeah, and, and it's probably just as easy as Gene saying, oh, my God, I need a break. Hey, Eric, Eric, you want to sing this yeah. one? Sure, I'll do it, Gene. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably that easy. <laughs> and he yep. did it. It was great. And they're like, let's do that live. Yeah. And you know, he's, you're right. He's going to kill it either way. But it was probably just a throwaway live. Yeah. I don't know. It was great either way, though. Great pick, Joe. I wish I could I could badmouth you, but I can't yet. Maybe we'll, I'll save it for next round. All right, Mark, what do you got? Sticking with the drummers, I think. Uh, although here's where we're kind of breaking a rule. Although not my rule, um, <laughs> because mine was playing it live. Um, Dirty Living. That that song is another song that I've put on mixtapes when having parties and stuff and see people getting into it. I go, you know, that's Kiss. Because most people don't know. That's got a great fucking groove. Um, Ace shines on that whole song. There's some great guitar work on that. Is it super technical? No, but just it's total Ace. The bends, the clean tone. Um, just really, really love that song. Um that's just a great song. I, I know they released it. I, I that's a song along with sure know something that I was surprised didn't hit after I was made for loving you. Cause those two songs are, I think are equally as good in that sort of vein. Um, you know, go back to the times, you know, keep in mind stones had miss you. Rod Stewart had, do you think I'm sexy? And, you know, there's a bunch of other bands that had sort of, you know, Bush cult had Dr. Music. I mean, there was a lot of rock bands that were doing sort of dancey type songs. Uh, Funk It Up by The Sweet, another great one, um, which was a hit over in Europe. But uh, again, I, I, I think that's a great song. That's a great Peter Vogel. Um, hmm. I, that's just a strong, strong song. But I, I think, you know, like, like we were saying, even about uh, what you just said about, you know, I've had enough. You know, most people don't. Your non-fan isn't going to know it. So, yeah. So, uh, so uh, Dirty Living is, is my choice. Cool. Yeah. Gr again, great choice. Uh, it, it's 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 funny. I, as great as uh, you know, for the non-Kiss fans out there, that Anton Fig played drums on most of that album. You know, it's funny that Peter 
as much as Anton is an incredible drummer, Peter brings a different aspect. He he has a different swagger, a different feel, and and I just love his playing so much. It's way more Kiss than Anton. And even mm-hmm. on that song, you know, the the track that Peter played drums on in in, in that in, on Dynasty, it just feels more Kiss, just like Into the Void feels like Kiss on Psycho Circus, where yeah, maybe the drumming is better on rest of, on the rest of the album. But is it more Kiss? Does it have that little bit of that swagger that Peter has? No. And and and, and I think Dirty Living really benefits from obviously Peter's vocal, but also Peter's drumming on that too. Mark, what rule did you break? You said you broke a rule by picking that song. I said uh, that they played it live. Mm, so okay. I, that's one I'd, I've never heard bootleg form or anything that they've ever played live. Uh, I didn't go in with, you know, I, I know some of you guys, said that you know single or video um you know my role was strictly something i've never heard them play live so cool def listen dir- if, if anyone can argue dirty living is it is not a deep cut <laughs> come on yep. well I, it did get you know it, it i think it was a minor hit uh, over in europe right i believe um I, I mean so that's what i mean i guess it, depending on what your interpretation is uh, maybe Nico would think it was was <laughs> right. I, I think um, you know. Listen, the 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 normal you know sane person would agree that Dirty Living is a deep cut, <laughs> especially in the non Kiss world, which you know we're kind of appealing to everyone right now. Yeah. All right, Andy, what do you got? I'm going to cause some trouble with my Uh-oh. number four. I like do that. It. I'm going to go with Bang Bang You. Something. Hold on. Been great hanging out with you guys. Uh, You know, I had to mix up my list just to get. We needed some controversy of some trouble, so that's what I'm going with. Andy, Uh, see, see, see. This is great because these are the kind of songs that somebody needs to wave the flag for, and I'm right with you there, buddy. I I am never going to try to. I am. I am now hold hold on hold on I am never going to try to convince anybody that it's a good song. Well don't, don't Mark not on not on live on camera. I'm never going to try to convince anybody it's a good song, but I'm going to tell you right now I can't help but enjoy it. Maybe yep. I'm enjoying it for the wrong reasons because it's just ridiculously tacky, but I'm sorry, I just can't help but enjoy it. So, I'm with you. Mark, I'm going to use your own argument against you with this one. You said instead of judging uh, Carnival of Souls for whatever reason, do you enjoy it or do you not enjoy it? Exactly. That's what I'm going with. I don't. (laughs) If I have to give you one word to describe why I enjoy it, it's audacity. It's such a ridiculous lyric and concept. The opening line, he's comparing his penis to a weapon of war. Yeah, right? like my love is like a cannonball right off the bat. I mean, like, how do you not want to hear the rest of the song? That's what I'm saying. Poetry. It is. It, 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 if it is. Make a video of that. Imagine like Kiss cheerleaders. I'm gonna bang. <laughs> oh. Come on, right? Oh. And and how uh, can you? And, 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 and how can you not? Want, 
And, and how can you not love the throwback to Love Gun? You know, I mean, you've got to love that. It's like the whole thing. It's so ridiculous. You, you know, come on. I hated his vocal on that, too. I just that whole that is just horrible. Mark, I might superimpose you on some kind of cheerleader's body right now, <laughs> dancing to bang him, bang, bang you. It's going to be epic. Oh, here we God. go. Our first little mini argument. I love it. Yeah, Joe, you got what you wanted. Mark, what were your thoughts when that came out? Because you told you said you went I, experienced I everything before. in real time. I sat through that fucking song. I right. did the show. And they played that live, that whole that whole tour, right? Yeah, sure. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I had to bend that live rule. This is just fun. something kind of cool. Um, I again going back to what I said in the very beginning of the episode. I went super early to Kobo, and I remember them playing Love Gun like a hundred times. Seemed I'm exaggerating greatly, but they must have fucking played Love Gun. Uh, eight or nine times in a row. This is when the doors were before anybody got. They mm. just kept playing it over and over and over. And but that was uh, that was a uh, that was a, you know, I at a time. I, I actually had a really good time at that show. I, I enjoyed the crate. I had really good seats too. We were right up front. Matter of fact, uh, I, who cares about this? But Bruce set a pick in my hand. I, I'll never forget. We were right up front, and I had this girl in front of me, like at the barrier, like trying not to get crushed. That was a, again, that was, you know, let's face it, that was a fun. It's nineteen eighty-eight. You know, I was in my uh, early twenties. It was it was fun time, you know. But or nineteen? What was that? 19, no, that was nineteen. Yeah, eighty-seven. Right. Yeah, How the hell did you get? Now, again, I'm I'm in the New York area. How the hell did you get good seats? I remember. I was literally I camp used to camp out overnight at like you know the, the local venues whether it was Madison Square Garden or the Meadowlands at the time in New Jersey and I would be first online or second or third you know the most and I would literally sleep there overnight I you know I was a teenager and I would still get in the rafters how the hell did you get good seats well that show in particular was a friend of mine that I went with he got them from somebody but um I uh, I'm a I'm I come from a long fan, long line of contractors, and uh, it was the same. I, I tell you what, when uh, Kiss was rehearsing at Kobo, <laughs> what's that? The connections, I get it. Yeah, it's all right, Mark. Business. I get it. Well, knowing people, you city inspectors. Let me guess, your family works in waste management. <laughs> no, no, uh, utility work, union, which I union still do. So that's what pays for Kiss cruises and stuff. So, um, but. Yeah, I mean, um, that one in particular, though, I do remember it was a kid I went to school with that got us tickets. He's like, you're a big Kiss fan. I'm like, you know, Ugh. like, hey, my dad can get us whatever. And he did. Um, it was pretty. That was a yeah, it was pretty. I, you know, I tell you what, if you here in Detroit, Cobo was just the, I know you you guys didn't grow up here or anything, but it was everything you've heard. It sounded great. It was built for sound i mean it was there's no there's a reason that you know bob seeger recorded their kiss recorded their aerosmith recorded their jay giles I and mean, all these bands recorded live live portions of live stuff there it was just an, it was a great place to see a show and they had these uh, seats riser seats they were off the floor and that's the ones i always tried to get because it was like being on main floor but you were like you just your head level was just over everybody else right just they're just fucking magical magical place to see a concert but i uh, getting that that was one of those things man we used to go downtown when tickets were on and it was you know it was actually pretty 
as long as you got there early, like you, almost like Paul used to say in those raps, but it was it was true here. I mean, if you got if you got the Hudson's early, if you got there early, what they do is they just and, and I bet you they did it in your town too. But you couldn't pick your seat; they just like started it. Oh, of course, you couldn't. No, yeah, yeah. But Best yeah, seat available. I mean, yep. Best seat available. Yeah, that was yeah, and and generally speaking, you know, um, that plus again, especially in my teen years. Um, as I got a little bit older, um, I knew some of the um, the city inspectors. And because when KISS was rehearsing for the reunion tour at Kobo, I, I, I had to go to the telephone room. So, uh, you know, I got to I got to watch about 20 minutes of that. So you son of a that bitch. Was cool. Yeah, it didn't suck. Man. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I was but, in the uh, I was in the nosebleeds in the 80s. All throughout the 80s, I was in the nosebleeds. Couldn't barely see the band, but I was. A giddy kid, I could care less. I always used to so, curse it, curse at you assholes in the front row. So, in summary, we changed Mark's mind. Got it. All right. Who's next? <laughs> yes, I, I think in recap, Mark loves Bang Bang You. Yep, that's nice. what I'm hearing. All right, Tom, what do you got? All right, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the early days here. This is kind of when my gene run starts. Although I do have backup picks here because I don't want to kind of duplicate. I don't want to do one of those. Yeah, that's on my list, but. It's inevitable with with six of us. So uh, off of Hotter Than Hell, I'm going to go with All The Way. Love that Gene track. I mean, how can you not love the cowbell? Simple little riff that carries the, the that carries its way through the song. Um, Gene just sounds awesome. You could tell how young and raw they sound. Obviously, it's harder than hell, so it's raw. Uh, but all the way, huge track for me. One of the standouts on Harder Than Hell for me. Loved it on an old four when they played that. The, yeah, yep. they, they did it on the that Rock the Nation tour. I remember right, they, when, when they did. You know, we would be at the merch stand signing stuff, and we'd hear. You know, obviously after you know 30, 40 shows. We'd hear most of the same songs, but when we when we'd yep. hear something different, like all the way, we would literally we would have sharpies in our hands signing something. We would drop the sharpies and run <laughs> yep. to the front of the stage to hear whatever new track you know, whether it was all the way or you know, tears are falling, whatever it was different that they would play. Sometimes in the set list, we we would literally drop the drop our markers mid sign. And run to the front of the stage and go nuts. Awesome. And one of the best parts of that song, the studio track, is you can hear Gene counting down in the beginning. You can hear him yeah. kind of screaming the counting, and then it just ah, I love it. It's just great stuff. So we know there's a lot of ZO2 fans out there that are disappointed. They only got half an autograph from some of those shows. So. <laughs> well, now they know why. All the way. That's right. Yep. Nice. No, but look, it's so funny looking back. Like when you know, it's it's not. Oh four doesn't seem that long ago to me. You know, it was I know it was the first kind of Tommy and Eric tour, but you know, songs. Can you imagine them even in just plugging in all the way right now? People no. would look. What are you crazy? <laughs> never happen. Never happen. Nope. nope. No. Will never. <laughs> nope. Yeah, great. Listen again, deep track, great pick. You know, it, it. You know, it's it's funny. There's not many to me deep tracks off the first six records because the first six no, records are so iconic. 
So there's not many deep. There's not many things you can really pull out of those records that are deep. But that's that's one of them. And I think hotter than hell in general has probably maybe more than the others. Maybe. Did any of you guys hear that cover when uh, Charlie Benanti was doing all those uh, yes. Yes. quarantine covers? He did all the way with uh, John Five and Kim awesome. Yeah, P- PJ, PJ from I play with PJ and Eric with Eric Martin and stuff. Yeah, they killer. They mm-hmm. wear masks yeah. in the video. I yeah, cursed those ski masks. Yeah, I yes. cursed PJ out when he did I, that. I think that they've son of a played bitch. every one of those songs live though at some point on, on Hotter Than Hell. Yeah, pretty sure. Probably Every one of them they play. Yeah, they, they play yeah. Strange Ways live. Yeah, they played it on the cruise. On the cruise. Yeah. Um, well, the cruise, the cruise is the cruise one come? spot where. Yeah. Uh, look, that's. No, you're right. It was I. I man, I seen them play it. So that's a couple yep. of songs. To me, didn't make a list because I've seen them play. It's <laughs> fair. All right, you sexy bastard, Matt, Matt Porter. What do you got? So, you know, for number four, you know, we talked earlier about what our criteria was. And one of the things was obviously it could be something on a greatest hits, but Killers <clears throat> has those four great tracks. And then, Joe, you're wincing because I probably just took one of your picks. But, you know, Killers, you figure that came out when people didn't even know what it was. I remember getting it and being like, you know, Don't wow, like, like, you know, walking in the, the picture, like they look real different. And really, and I think all of you, I mean, we're talking deep cuts, but everybody knows about a minute in. I want you all to do it with me. Are you ready to rock that little break? And then he comes back. That's awesome. You know, that's one of those things when you're driving your car, you can't get that loud enough. And you want to sing along and you know exactly how long of a break he takes before he starts singing that again. I love that song. And it's, I mean, really any of those songs could have been a pick from me, but down on your knees, I just always thought it was so cool. And it's the swagger of, you know, the the Paul Stanley that you want to be is the guy who's singing that song. And it's just like, you know, so that that was my number four pick. I love it. So that's, uh, you know, it's it's a greatest hits. But as far as even deep cuts, I mean, Killers is probably the deep cuts of greatest hits albums. So you can pick all four songs off of that. You and, got it, and not oh, have yeah. a bad, and not have a bad top five. Yep. Throw anything else in there, and and it's good. I, and I don't have that song. I don't have that song on my list. So I'm well, glad somebody else picked it. Well, Joe, I hate to disappoint you because. My next pick is also from Killers, and Matt. I, I got scared when Matt mentioned it. And Killers, my, my it, next it, pick don't is you? Killers. I, I have a feeling it's going to be a different one because my pick is the song from Killers to me that nobody usually talks about, and Killers has a special place for me. And Killers, you know, I, it's I didn't hear Killers when it first came out. I heard Killers a couple of years later. And I think, you know, in my group of friends, I'm the KISS nerd. I know everything there is to know about KISS. You can't tell me something that I don't know. Meanwhile, I I, I remember vividly, I'm sitting in Roy Rogers, if you guys remember that fast food restaurant. Roy Rogers. I'm sitting in Roy Rogers eating my roast beef sandwich. And my buddy has a cassette. And he's like, oh, have you heard this KISS album? I'm like, pshh. As, as I'm shoving, you know, roast beef in my face, I'm like, pew, pew. of course I've heard it. 
my name is my name Joey Casada. Of course, I've heard heard it. And he shows me this cassette, and it's Killers. Yep. And I went, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Not only have I never seen it before, but Eric Carr is in makeup on the album, and I look at it, and at my first glance, I'm like, "Ah, this is a greatest hits." And then I realize, wait a second. There's a couple songs I don't recognize. And I lose my mind. I'm about, I guess I'm about eight, nine years old. I lose my mind. Roast beef is being split, spit across a room. <laughs> I don't care what this kid is doing. I told the kid, and, and again, anyone who's read my book, I was a really big kid when I was growing up. I basically bullied this kid. I said, listen, dude, I'm taking this cassette home. I got my double cassette tape. I'm I'm copying this cassette at home right now. I don't care what you say. I'm taking it. I'm copying it. You does doesn't matter what you say. So I literally I I literally you know we were on lunch break at school. I took it home, copied it, lost my mind when I heard the four original tracks because it was something that I had never heard up until this point. And still to this day, my favorite of the four tracks. To, I think it's it's probably. The, the the consensus least favorite track is Partners in Crime. I know you will pretend it. Got your fire burning. I know your heart is cold as stone. You're covered in abuses, dripping with excuses. I know you gotta love her in My first favorite on that. Really? I've Love never it. never heard someone agree with me before. Something about the vocal, of course, <laughs> but Eric's drums starting it off just immediately hooked me on the Killers record, and that's always been my favorite track on Killers. The Partners remix, in Crime. One right, so of you guys help me out. What's what is that? The B side remix. It's a revenge song because they remixed it. I don't know. I'd have to walk over there. I have it, Mike thing but yeah wait did they remix it or there's a there's the old version with like almost like the creature's drums right on some of those tracks hold on the original one on killers and then they remixed it and released it on a single and i want to say it's off of a revenge single maybe every time i look at you i you know i don't know you know i think tom is is frantically looking it up right now (laughs) i'm looking it up i'm seeing if we can find anything See, while they're I, searching for that, I think Partners in Crime, who can uh, listen to that song and not think of Lonnie Anderson and Linda Carter together as detectives, you know, in their show. I mean, that dream team. Exactly. I mean, we're talking about if you want to listen to some Kiss and you while you're thinking of Lonnie Anderson and Linda Carter, uh, is there anything more perfect than that? That was Partners in Crime? Yeah. That, See, that's, that's, why, that's why we're all together, so that we can make that segue from Kiss to Lonnie Anderson. <laughs> if there's if there's any way you can combine the two, <laughs> and I have, it's worth I it. I mean, listen, somehow Tom and Zeus segue from Kiss to Peter North all the time. So I don't know how I don't know how they do it every episode, but somehow they do it. So if we I think we could go to Lonnie Anderson pretty, it pretty innocently. It could have had something to do with Bang Bang You. That could have been the connecting <laughs> thing there. Who knows? Unfortunately, it's with my singles. Not I, I got all my records. Really, Mark? Here. See, this is the problem with having the size collection you have. You can't find anything. No, it's <laughs> it's actually the opposite. Um, I usually can find everything's everything. Believe it or not, I mean, you know, whatever. It's I have a lot of stuff, but everything is chronological. And alphabetical, so I can find everything like that. Damn. My problem is I have my singles boxed up, 
And that's with my that's with my CD oh. singles, which are I in mean, boxes. Well, while you were gone, we actually switched the topic to top five Lonnie Anderson and Linda Carter TV shows. So that's Ooh. Not- I'm I'm a look. I, Linda Carter is probably the most beautiful woman ever. Like in agreed the of, of womandom. I'm more of a yeah. Hey Joey, frankly. yeah Joey. Speaking of segues, if you haven't done this yet, maybe a future top five top five posters that you had or Ooh. wanted when you were a kid. I like that. You I don't know? mind that. Yeah, that's a yep. good one. Yep. But let's Linda get back Carter on track with the tied-up shirt and her thumb oh, kind I of mean. right in her jeans. Should have been the number better than Farah. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm with you, man. Not I'm even close. You. I agree. 100% agree. And Mark, does this sound right? The first kiss, last licks promotional LP? I yeah. have I have that. No, this is a CD single. Oh, okay. Now, okay. I remember, again, I don't know what it's from or if it was an official release. I think it might be, Andy, what you're talking about, the first licks, last licks. Yep. They they had mixes of of the I don't know if it was all four of the of the killer songs but a couple of the killer it wasn't songs all four of them it was but it had creatures type mix to it right Mark like a drum like the drum tracks sounded more like creatures than they did on on killers I I believe that's the one I'm talking about Yep here I think I have your answer um, it says the Partners in Crime remix was available on the following First Kiss, Last Licks, the promo single, the Forever European CD single. Every time I look at you, that's the one European the one. CD single. I was made for loving you live, 93 European CD single. I mean, if this is not why I had you complete morons on this show i mean <laughs> this is exactly how could I, you know my normal guest would not know how to pull up where can we find the remix single of partners in crime on the b-side of every time i look at you <laughs> first i mean come on joey joey most of your guests don't even have access to the internet so this is an upgrade right here <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, you asshole. But you're right. All right. All right, where the hell are we? So I picked Partners in Crime. Hopefully I stole Joe's next pick. Joe, what do you got? Um, Well, a couple of things just happened. One, because Mark has everything chronologically fucking done in his room. Half my family and friends that are watching this realize I'm not nearly as fucked up as they think I am. (laughs) (laughs) Two... I'm a Christy Brinkley guy. Yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I, sorry. I saw a picture. Look, on my phone right now, I have a picture of 67 year old Christy Brinkley because I show people. Yeah, he sent that to me and it was pretty good. You cannot get any better. At 67 in a bikini still looks kick ass. Uh, but no, you guys haven't picked the songs that I picked yet. So uh, my next song was um, I'm a Legend Tonight. Wow. Nice. Yes. But like we said, all four of those songs could be on any of our list. None of us, none of us would hold it against the other person. Oh, you just picked four songs off of this one record, but they're all deep cuts and they're all great. And for me, 
I, w- I had just moved to Atlanta um, from Miami. I was back in Miami and my mom and uh, uh, my sister and her friend were going through the mall and I walked into the record store, of course, made a beeline for the K section. Click, 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 click. What the fuck is this? Yep. Picked it up, looked at it, walked over to my mom. We did not have a lot of money, but somehow she made sure that I got that or somebody did. Somebody paid for it. So I uh, brought it home. I still had no record player in Miami because we were busy. (laughs) I had to wait until we drove from Miami to Atlanta, which is not a freaking around the corner thing. And it was probably like three or four days later, but I remember putting that shit down and being like, this is awesome. I was was thrilled to death. It's it's funny. So we picked three songs off of Killers right in a row. And I feel like the most the the song that most Kiss fan Kiss fans think is the best wasn't picked. Am I right? You're right. But I think that's. But I think that also might be because we're probably hesitant to even call it a deep cut. That that that's why it's not on my yeah, list. Yeah, maybe. I don't know because I think I think that's the go-to Killers track. Whether that's your favorite or not, I think that I think No Way to Run. We're talking about. I think that's the go-to killers track that you know it was on the box set it was on killers you know that's just that was just my my thought because these other ones are as great as they are you don't really hear too many people talking about them other than people like us <laughs> well i think that nowhere to run is a deep cut but um i don't think that it's been picked yet because i think it would have to be lower on the count right or probably yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like some of these picks more than I. I know I love Partners in Crime way more than Nowhere to Run. So right. yeah, yeah, it's it. I, I again, I love hearing Kiss fans really dig in. Speaking yeah. of which, what do you got, Mark? Um, I'm breaking my rule. Because <laughs> I did hear them for, play for this the live. fourth time. Here we go. Yeah, but kidding. I did hear them play this live. Um, I still think had they released this as a single. They would have their fortunes, while not greatly improved, would have slightly improved. Um, it's my life. It's my life. That was my number one pick. And I still think, and I've explained this before on on our show, but had they done an MTV style video of a kid standing up for himself um, and used that song as the backdrop, because I still think Wendy O dropped the ball on it too. Um, Mm -hmm. That song has so much potential. Another one of those songs that when people who don't know Kiss hear it, "Eh, great, you know. That that song is so awesome. It's a deep actually, Fuck it, never appeared on. I mean, yeah, you can the, the whatever the two thousand box set or whatever. And, but it wasn't on any regular record. You know what I mean? That, that that's about as deep cut as you can get. Um, brilliant. Um, I still wish that because I'm I'm sure you know all you geeks too have Gene's Vault. I still wish they would have had a better recorded version of the original demo. Right. Um, if for as much as I love 
when Ace sings on the on the one they cut during the Psycho Circus time. And again, I love it. It's great. But I would have preferred the original intent with Gene singing the whole thing. I would have preferred that preferred it with creatures of the song would have changed their fortunes because I think do you guys I don't know if you, anybody did this in your areas but do you remember when uh, get it on from kingdom come was was released of course. some of the radio stations ours here was one of them where they, they weren't telling people you know who it was it was the mystery band of course because it's a total separate <laughs> ripoff but there I still think had they did something like that on the radio with kiss you know with something like you know saying hey you know a, a classic you know maybe do that for the first week just you know play it play it and because i think people would have really liked it let's face it and again if you you know in 1982 i was 17 uh, it, it, there was nothing more uncool than kiss um, no but I'm you're right if, if they would have come out you know you know with Twisted coming out with We're Not Gonna Take It, those types of videos, really that rebellious type of video, maybe not the comedy aspect of, of that, but that rebellious type of song that, you know, that song is, I totally agree. I think I think it could have been... Well, speaking of Twisted, I, I, I still think I Am I'm Me should have been a bigger song than it was. I mean, yeah. that's every bit the equal of the bigger hits they had. That's a great song. Agreed. Great chorus, great lyrics, great melody. Um, again, that that really lines right up with uh, you know with uh, it's my life to me. Anyway. I, I, I won't give it away, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually one. I'm actually doing a a twisted episode in a couple of weeks with Mark and Eddie, and that will definitely be on my top five. Uh oh, yeah, that's nice. you know we opened for them a couple shows too. That was a lot, a lot of fun. Cool. Before you before you move off this pick, I mean, anyway. Mark, I think that's the great pick, and that was actually my my number one pick. So when we come around to me, thought of because talk about deep cut. It's not something people are going to think about. Like you said, you're only going to get it if you get the box set. To me, the if there was a version as heavy as the Wendell Williams version, which I love the WOW album. If it was Kiss, if it was Gene doing that version of it, I agree completely. I think that would have been a huge hit. Imagine the same way Twisted Sister did the videos. They're at the pool and they're smashing into the classroom. Everything. If you would have had Kiss breaking through yes. walls, let's say they're still in the makeup at that point, and they're saying, you know, shout it from the roof. Man, what teenager wouldn't have been right up front with that? And tough Kiss. Don't do funny Kiss. Like Twisted Sister almost banked on the idea. They looked almost cartoony, I thought. Like, and we're not going to take it. They're cartoony. What do you want to do with your life? But I mean, the uh, if, if Kiss had come out with almost that creature's vibe you know walking through and they got all the kids as zombies and they're doing it's my life man i would have been totally on board that's one of my I'm favorite like songs i was disappointed a little bit when it came out on the box set and it didn't feel heavy enough you know and i like having a sing that line but it just the yep. wendy o version is just has more grit and just which again because i love that album the wow album but uh, that that would have been my number one pick as we're playing along here in my bracket. So that's you know I broke my bracket. Nice. Yeah, great pick. Of course, obviously a deep cut. It's never you know officially been released on one of the records. It's been a B side and stuff. So 
Gene did it with a solo band a couple times, which right. I was absolutely thrilled to hear that. Those guys, you know, whether you call them the Gene Simmons band, Ace Frehley band, National Residency, <laughs> whatever they're going by, such talented Palestine. guys. And when they did that, oh man, I was losing my marbles. I thought that was phenomenal. All but right, Andy. Again, seeing them do it on the cruise was insane. You know, I, yeah. I couldn't fucking believe that they were playing that, you know. Yeah, the cruise has really become, I, you know, hope, hopefully it happens again this, this year, but the cruise has become that spot to do those types of songs. So it's great for the, the crazy Kiss fans like us. And again, I, you know, I preached it a million times, on Joe, on, on our show, but how I don't know how they don't have a, a video box set, something of all the cruises right now or the greatest hits of all the cruises, something. Give us something of all those, those pro-shot cruise videos it's insane that we don't have that crazy mm -hmm. all right andy that's a tough one to follow you you had bang bang you last time what do you got this time I read my back. body i'm gonna get back in everybody's <laughs> <laughs> yes that was awesome and i'm gonna go with love her all i can love her all i can Hell yeah. That's a good song. Right. See, that was my number two pick. So oh, we're getting sorry, to that Matt. point. We're all picking the same thing. So, yep. Uh oh. Yeah. Great riff. Great All right, drum. Matt, you can leave. It's okay. You're done. <laughs> yeah, go, Andy. You guys heard, go, uh, Andy. You guys heard um, uh, Danko Jones, Active Volcanoes? Well, he totally fucking ripped that song off. Oh, really? No. If you I get a chance, it. go go YouTube. Um, active. The name of the song is Active Volcanoes by Danko Jones. I mean, he rips that song off to the <laughs> fucking note. I mean, it's great. It's cool, but it's, it's, it's not even like we're trying to hide it. Like some bands are like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to redo this song and they'll just change the lyrics. So, wow. but it's, it's really cool for the fans who don't know it. Andy, give us, give us a breakdown. Tell us about it. I was going to say, um, great riff bass playing and guitar. They're locked in on uh, the main riff. Great drumming. Mm -hmm. Joey and, and Mark, I guess you would be the guys who could talk more on the drumming. But yeah, I'm not a drummer, but you know, there's cowbell in there and there's that little like skip <laughs> step. I don't know what that's called, but it like locks in perfectly with the riff. Great vocals, Gene and Paul together, and then Paul by himself. There's nothing, uh, there's no audacity humor. This is just a great song, a great kiss song that that's one where I kind of scratch my head and I don't understand why it's not a kiss hit. Yeah, I say that I say that all the time. How that how that slipped through the cracks on Dress to Kill. And speaking of the drumming, I'm not a I'm not a drummer, but I always tune my ear to the drums because that's always my thing. But I've I have I've said this, and it's you know you're not breaking any news, but Peter Chris in general on Dress to Kill is is in another level for me. I mean, you love her all I can. Get away the bass the bass of gene and the drumming of peter on dress to kill is one of the reasons why that album is one of my favorites it might not be the heaviest you know the production might be thin to some people but a song like lover all i can stand out track nah but yeah but i think i i really believe the production on dress to kill is one of the most underrated things in history too i, I love you know, it. Pe people always associate dress to kill with the first two records production wise no the production on dress to kill is stellar 
stellar production. It's crystal clear. Is it poppier than what Kiss maybe was at that point? Yes, but it's crisp and it's clean. Peter's playing is off the charts, 100%. Yep. You know, when we talk about whether it's a song that they played live now, I remember this is probably a song where Joey was mid-autograph and then went running down because I started the show at Bristow, Virginia, and they did love her all I can, and that was one where Paul said, this is something we maybe have played only once on the whole tour, and I was at that, and I have the instant live and everything, so imagine that. It came on. The ZO2 guys are running away from their fans. <laughs> Pens are flying, but yeah, I mean, that, and, and I remember just freaking out because, like, who thought they would play that? I mean, even that's the fact it was one of those songs that got added in just once or twice on that tour and i was lucky enough to be there that night but the uh so that was like i said that was it had already made my pick but that's i mean obviously i love dress to kill but definitely not a song they pull out very often and and, and trust me our our radar ears you know we we would have you know fans surrounding us yelling at us i could fucking pick out paul stanley introducing a new song like that and I would go, oh, yo, love her all I can. Choof. And we would be gone like the Flash. <laughs> There's some boobie. Joey, Joey, goodbye. The sh- shirt would be mid up, like, you know, up like this. And I'd be like, goodbye. Love her all I can. I'll see you later. Nice. <laughs> Good pick, Andy. Great stuff. All right, Tom, what do you got? All right, so I'm going to go back to uh, – I'll, I'll go back to the, the non-makeup era. This song, this is not only one of my favorite deep cuts, this is actually one of my favorite Kiss songs in general because it's from my second favorite lineup other than the original crew, the Revenge era lineup with Bruce and Eric Singer. Revenge is just spectacular to me, the production on it. And when Gene – the, the the way that Eric and Bruce drive that song with Gene's vocals on Thou Shalt Not. One of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. I love the mid-tempo. It's not too slow. It's not too fast. Gene is in full demon mode. I know everybody goes to Unholy on Revenge, and they should because that song is spectacular for a reason. But Thou Shalt Not is... I love the chorus. The, the gang vocals in the chorus. And Gene is just amazing. And Bruce just burns it up with his solo. I can't say enough about Thou Shalt Not. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we can't argue with the pick. Great song. Um, I've I've been a, a an adamant sayer that I think Revenge is actually overrated, and I know that's not a popular. Oh opinion. boy, <laughs> boy, getting late, getting late. And Bang Joey, Bang You is definitely no, no. But I really believe you know Revenge. I get, I understand why people praise it because it's getting back to the roots a little bit, and it's mm-hmm. a little thicker, a little heavier. But I, I song for song. I do believe it's an, a little bit of an overrated record. Um, as much as I love Eric Singer, I saw him, I fell in love with Eric on the Paul Stanley tour. I saw that at Lemore in Brooklyn. 
love Badlands, the first, especially the first Badland, Badlands yeah. records, one of my favorite records of all time. But even his drumming, some of the stuff on Revenge, maybe because I was such an Eric Carr freak and I loved Eric's groove and his style, Eric's drumming on Revenge, I just don't love the production of it. I don't love some of the stuff on Revenge. I know that's not a popular opinion. Give me shit. Come on, give it to me. You're just yeah, you're an idiot. No, I agree. I agree. Sorry, I, I agree. I, I like I like a few songs <coughs> off that record, but I, that's pretty much it for me. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, it, it's that is it's really weird because I always thought that people universally love revenge, and then the more you know, as our podcast you know continues to evolve, and you know you're more involved on social media, there's this contingent of people that you know are like. Yeah, it's a little overrated. I don't like the songs. I'm like, I can't believe that. I, I mean, I respect it because it's Kiss. Everybody's got their opinions, but I just thought that Revenge was like universally loved, and and it's not, and that's just shocking to me. But that's that's okay. It Everybody's is got by the taste. same fans. <laughs> Mark has Mark has smoke coming out of his ears. Look at him. I'll tell you. I'll tell you I know, what I, I think. I think the real big problem was that they they had released. Album, certain you know they're they're um, no makeup albums and then everybody is kind of tuning out and then all of a sudden they started going this is going to be like destroyer and then yeah. everybody was like destroyer 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 and then the record came out and the first song you heard was unholy and you were like oh hell yeah and then yeah. the second song you went oh no this is not like Destroyer at all, especially when Gene's going a bit, bit, a bit, bit. I'm like, oh fuck no, he is. And then he to do some like scat talk and shit like that. It's like fuck off, man. It's, yeah, to me, it's it's just one of the things. And again, I I, I think this is an unpopular opinion that I'm I'm a song person. I'm I'm a pop music fan in general. I don't necessarily love heavier stuff, but I love songs. Doesn't matter what style of music. I'm a song-oriented person. Melody, groove is the most important thing for me. And to me, the song, just the songs on Revenge, don't live up to the hype of what it's. I, I loved Revenge when it came out, and I was all for it. Loved it. Used to play constantly. Learned the whole record the first week that it was out. I had a bootleg copy of it early on, way before the. You know, I, I saw the Revenge Club tour too. Before the tour came out, before the record was out, I had the bootleg. I learned all the songs. Was an Eric Singer fanatic at that point. But for some reason, over the years, I just don't find myself going back to Revenge to listen to it that often. Yeah, go, go back and listen to the, the Paul Stanley reaching lyrical heights in Take It Off. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, throw your panties in the air, lick your lips. And I mean, come on, man. When you yeah. spread a little oil, Joey, come on. My blood, begins, just... my blood begins to boil, Tom. I know. Yes, I, I, I know it does. <laughs> no, I'll stop right there. I don't want people getting excited. <laughs> and I'll intercut a little oil of me spreading some oil on my body right there. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. Again, actually a really good pick off Revenge. It's one of the songs I really do like on Revenge. I love I, Bruce's shining all over the record. Yeah. Matt, what do you got? So my number three is I th I would consider it a deep cut because I feel like this album polarizes Kiss fans. They either love it or it's at the bottom of their list. And it's going to be I Can't Stop the Rain from Peter Chris Soul. Woo! I can't 
To me, now look, and I said it, now I'm 10 years old in 1978, getting all those solo albums at once. That song transports me to 1978 in a way like the vocal and the imagery that always comes to my head and those guitar solos sound. The sound on those guitars is the 70s. When that solo comes in, that is blood in my veins. And I mean, I just love it. I mean, it's funny because it's one of those things, either people love the Peter Chris solo album or it's the bottom of their list. They hate it. And really any list that has Peter Chris solo as the worst is instantly, you know, kind of washed away. But the, uh, it's, I think it's a great song. I think uh, people don't give it enough credit because obviously, uh, you know, at the time, you know, maybe people didn't like the direction of, of Peter's solo album, but here we are in 2021 and Paul's doing Soul Station. So, I mean, look, it was, uh, Peter was ahead of his time and I love the whole album. I think it's funny. People a lot of time will rank the solo albums and a lot of time it's, well, Ace and Paul and then, you know, Peter and Gene got, oh, they were too weird. But Peter Chris' solo album ranks very high for me, even among Kiss records. It's something I go to a lot. I just, I love the vibe of it. And I remember being 10 years old and it's the first time I ever put Peter Chris makeup on and held my Peter Chris album and took a picture. Good times. Boy, if I could go back in time, I'd be there in a second. <laughs> I love the, I love, I love the, the love for the Peter Chris solo album. That that's not something you get all the time. It's a, it's a good album. It's definitely an album that as I've gotten older, I've evolved into being a huge fan of it. I'm not going to pretend to say that I liked it when it came out, but uh, the, 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 the album deserves some respect for sure. And you brought up the great point about Paul doing soul station now in 2021. So, right. Yeah. yeah it, it's funny. Just like you guys said, it's something that as a kid, I didn't appreciate that much. You know, I'm listening to creatures and I'm listening to asylum and I'm listening to all these records. I didn't appreciate it back then. You know, I never hated it because kiss could have shit on an album and I would have loved it. It didn't matter to me. Whatever Kiss was putting out, I loved it. So I never hated anything Kiss did. But, you know, looking back, you know, now that I'm more mature and I listen to an album like Peter's, I actually love Peter's Peter's solo album. The production on it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's sonically beautiful. Drum tones, vocal tones, even backing, everything on the record is great. I, and, I, and I really love the songs on it. I think it's a great record. I think if you handed somebody that album today and, and said, here's your stack of Kiss records, they might go like, gee, how does this fit in? But the thing that I've kind of felt over the years is his solo album feels like to a kid in the 70s with a transistor radio and WFIL and they played everything. You know what yeah. I mean? You were getting such more of a mix. Now everything is so boxed in. But at the time, you know, you'd sit there with your little radio and you got exposed to everything. And that's, I feel like, why a song like I Can't Stop the Rain to me feels like the 70s because it felt like maybe other things that were also on the radio. Not necessarily feeling like Kiss, but like a lot of the other music that you were getting at the time, you know, just randomly on the radio. And it, and it was always in the background or it might be on the, you know, the radio at the seafood place or whatever, you know, you, and you didn't necessarily know who it was, but maybe now you do because, you know, you've heard these songs a billion, zillion times, but fitting into that vibe, you know, that rock vibe 
you know, in some cases on Peter's album, a little soft rock, but it was the kind of stuff that was playing on the little jukebox at, you know, the Red Lobster or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just one of the, again, I, I said it before, it's one of the things I love about Kiss. I love Kiss because of all the different genres of music and the different styles they've done throughout the years. As much as I love Love Gun and Rock and Roll Over and Destroyer and all these records, I don't want 35 records like that. Sometimes... I'm in the mood for Peter Chris's solo album. Sometimes I'm in the mood for Carnival. Sometimes I'm in the mood for the first Kiss record. Sometimes, you know, it 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 just always changes, and that's the beauty of Kiss. All right, Absolutely. so speaking of which, so this is, believe it or not, my oldest song on my list, which is still 1979. I'm going to go from something off Dynasty. And at this point, I really believe Ace is so underrated. Dynasty and Unmasked, Aces, and obviously his solo record is incredible. I actually had a solo album song on here, but I didn't want to put it because I didn't want to hear. That's not necessarily a Kiss record. It's any solo album. So I took it off. So I, I used this and said, I went with Hard Times off of Dynasty. Yes. The hard times are dead. Again, Ace is so phenomenal at this point. He's got more songs than Gene does on Dynasty. He's becoming that that lead guy, you know, from his solo record because his solo record sold so well, and obviously New York Groove was a big hit. But he proved to everyone that his songwriting was incredible on his solo record, and you know, starting with Shock Me, and then you know, Rocket Ride, and all that stuff. But Hard Times, not only is the song great, Anton is incredible on that song. Mark, you know, the quadruplets and quintuplets mm-hmm. he's using. It's su- such a fun song to play. But even Ace, to this day, doesn't utilize a song like that, I think, as much as he should. Rather than playing so many songs off Anomaly and Space Invader, throw Hard Times in a little bit more often, just to kill a track. Definitely one of the best off Dynasty for sure. Ace is a standout on that. I I, I love it. Great, great tune for sure. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, again, you know, obviously, I don't think any of us argue any of these songs with the exception of Mark, you know, wanting to stab Andy for Bang Bang You. But, <laughs> which Andy, just so you know, Andy, I like Bang Bang You. Just to, I'll defend you on that. I, I do. And I have some crazy night stuff coming up. But, um, uh, <laughs> Joe, what do you got? Number two. Uh, my number two is Under the Gun. I love that beginning riff. I, I don't know, man. It just, it's just, it's heavy. It's fast. It's almost thrash to me i don't know maybe you'll disagree but i i I love that song if i had some editing equipment yes when he says hit the road doing 69 i'm fucking done that (laughs) fucking thing i swear to god i I, that's how come i can't even listen to that song come on but why lyrically what lyrically that's horrible that's just stupid (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, but, right, but wait, but pull, pull my trigger to my love gun is okay? 
Hold yes, on. I you know can why? See, because old I can... blues singers would sing shit like that because that's where he stole it from. But I can see, I can see where Mark is coming from. It does have like a cringe factor, wouldn't you say? Oh, extreme. Cringe okay, so factor. cringe. Joe, factor. will but you stop being so nice? Stop it! No, 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 no. Listen, I here's my question though. Did you feel that way the first time you heard yes. it? Or okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let's hey Mark, you and I, let's do the show. Joey's over in the <laughs> See, Mark, when I hear that part in the song, I'm thinking of Eric going along the high toms there. Lie I'm not th- lyrics. Like I said, lyrics are the last thing, thing in my mind. If I could take that line out, that song would be a ten out of ten. <laughs> I right, come it's up with the, another line right on the month. spot, Mark. You got to write the what's the replacement line? There isn't one. Just let him <laughs> roll. Hit the highway. Hit, uh, just change it to hit the highway doing the speed limit. There you go. Just change it to that. I hit the highway Do, and I'm doing fifty-five five. like Sammy, right? Yeah, there you, there you go. Yes. <laughs> uh, he he could have been a whole lot worse, really. I mean, because he could have been like that's true. Something to do with I'll eat your pumpkin pie or I'll eat your cherry pie or I'll take the log in the fire one over that. Oh, really hell yeah. <laughs> yes. It's funny. That's always the kiss lyric that gets brought up as the worst log in the fireplace. I don't mind it. Burn, oh, bitch, burn, burn, bitch, burn. And, and maybe someone has this higher up on the list, which would be incredible. What Burn Bridge Burn has a killer riff. Come on, killer riff. Yep, killer. And then, yep, agreed. And Joe, Joe, I love the pick. I'm, I'm, you know, animalized live uncensored to me is my go to growing up. I wore that tape out, I would literally watch it every single day after school for probably three years straight, every day memorized every drum lick you know obviously eric's double bass in that is killer love the song love the pick love you know love it because of animalized live uncensored way more than the actual record believe it or not wow yep all right mark what do you got number two breaking rules breaking rules because it's what i do i'm gonna take a concept here the last two fucking records are incredible you can pick anything you want off of both Sonic Boom and Monster. Uh, those, well, I'm so hold on. I'm sorry, records, we're we're running out of time, Mark. Oh, I'm sorry, we are are fucking insane. Great, both wow. those records trace right back to the beginning of the band, vibe wise, song about wise. I love both. Pick a song <laughs> off either no, one of those. Go. Uh, uh, hello. Uh, yeah, uh, Brandvold, can you come on? Because we're gonna eject Mark from the uh, episode because that was the worst thing ever. Way worse than Bang Bang. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna get rid of him right now. Yep. Joey, okay. do you have those Doctor Evil buttons where you press it and we? Drop oh man! Yeah. I know. It was funny because I kept I going. Have it. I love. Uh, I love Back to the Stone Age. Because it fucking is a total fucking MC5 sort of vibe. I not, those records are both phenomenal. Not just good, <sighs> phenomenal. I love both. Now, did you pick a track, Mark? Yeah, well, I, again, I, w- I was just saying, like, back to the Stone Age, I was starting to go that, and then, you know, the devil is me. I'm going, fuck, these students all fucking rule. And they don't get any love. 
I, you know, I, I forgot we had a guest on three sides and he was going and, and, and not uh, this wasn't in a dick way, but he was like fucking talking down. I'm like, and I just started naming a couple song titles and they're like, and then I'm like, you didn't even listen to it. You just hate it for what it is. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I listened plenty. I, and I actually, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I actually like Sonic Boom. I, th- I think Modern Day Delilah is killer. I think a lot of songs off or off Sonic is are, are really good. Hot and Cold is really good. Even people shit on Dangerous. I love it. I love um, that. That's the but, only song I don't like on it. Right? And I get it lyrically. I get it. But it's a fun song. But Monster is to me almost. And listen, I love every Kiss thing in the world. Is almost unlistenable. And especially, especially yeah. back to the Stone Age. For something, some, I don't know what it is. Something about that song just, I don't, it just, I was like, okay, I'm officially done. Oh my God. Freak, Freak no, is you know my what? back. I when Sonic the Boom Age. came out, I thought Sonic Boom is going to be the album that unifies the Kiss Army. There's pieces that feel like the 80s, yeah. there's pieces that feel like the 70s. I mean, are they copping things that they've done before? Sure, but it's they're doing copies of themselves. It sounded like Kiss. It's exactly. It sounded like a Kiss album. And to me, it's got kind of like the flavor. Okay, you go, everybody that came in the 80s is going to be digging this part, and everybody that's came in in the 70s is going to be digging this part. I thought that was really good. And, you know, you figure Walmart, it made us all go to the Walmart and you were going to get our Kiss M&Ms and life was good. And I got, I went, to, I actually took the day off that day to go and, and get it when it came out. And man, I listened to, I remember popping in the car and feeling I was overjoyed. I'll tell you one of my favorite songs and it didn't make this list, but yes, I know nobody's perfect. I like it. Gene, at that, it. at that time, it's business suit sunglass jean it's time to take off your clothes and that's that's the vibe he was playing at the time and in my mind a lot of time you know you think about those songs and you think about them playing it i'm picturing gene doing that song in the suit with the bringing the it's good to be me you know and it's just like Mm. And you go, man, that's a song. That's fantastic. But people, I think there's probably, like you said, there's fans who shit on that album that have never listened to it. Correct. And I think it's they the makeup. Like it they can't get past represents. the makeup on the cover. Oh, it's the, Tommy Thayer. You can, you can songwriting-wise, you can take a direct right back to the beginning. It's four on the floor, hard rock. It's fucking perfect. And I'm going to tell you, right here, right now, is as good an anthem that they've ever written. That record, Monster... Wait, what anthem? What what's the anthem? Right here, right now. Fucking awesome. Mm. Fucking awesome. That, that's how come, like I said, I kept going. You're talking about underrated songs. I'm like, this entire record. And I'm like, this entire record. That that's how come I was like, fuck the rules. Both those fucking records are dynamite. <laughs> and if you don't like them, it's because you didn't listen. To them. No, that's but that's argument. bullshit. That's bullshit. Hold on, Hold on a second. Hold on. Which has been my argument to non-kiss fans. To the Led Zeppelin fans in high school. You know why you don't like Kiss Alive? Because you didn't listen to it. I have because been if listen- you like hard rock music, that's what you're going to like. I've listened to... I like Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom is fun, and, and it's back to the the origins. Monsters and, just and it's even, No, ah, oh, Sonic... The monster, when, monster when they the, the, the production on monster uh, is unlistenable. When it hits the acapella part of Eat Your Heart Out, I'm like, <laughs> this is... One of the worst things I've ever heard in in recorded well, the, history. I don't like the intro. I'll give you that, but it's and the, the, there's a couple things you know on Monster that are okay, but in general, I and I and I'm a firm believer, and and I'll argue this to the day I die. Sonic Boom hit number two. 
The only reason they even go into the studio to record Monster is to try to get a number one record. To just say, we got, they've never had a number one record before. They want a number one record on, the, on their sleeve, and that's why they do it. And they went through the motions, and Mark, I love you. You're, you're sexy as all can be. That's true. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> all right, Andy, listen, your bang bang you is looking very good right now. Well, it's funny that we just had this conversation. Uh oh. Number two on my list is Dangerous. Yes, Um, like most of you, not Joey, but um, I was no, very excited. I like Danger. I oh, said no, I like that okay, one. You like, okay, I thought you didn't like that one. Okay. Oh, Mark that didn't. That was me. I, I think it's funny. Okay. It's the only one I don't like. I know. <laughs> Which makes it even more perfect. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, so like you guys, I was very excited to go buy this record when it came out. Went with my brother at midnight to the Walmart. And uh, I told this story before on our podcast, but we were expecting, because like, the press release was like, there's going to be a kiss corner with all this mm. stuff. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's like a kiss zoo, you know, and all the, we went in and they didn't have anything. They had, like, <laughs> they had like three or four kiss records. They had Sonic boom, but they didn't have a ton of stuff. They had kiss shirts in the shirts area. They had the kiss M&Ms in the candy area. And then they had a couple records. I was like, this is, this is a bust. But anyway, once well, we so your store was doing the kiss scavenger hunt, that was apparently, <laughs> yeah, no one told me, no one told me, but, um, once we listened to it, I was so happy because yeah. I'm in agreement with you guys that it felt like old kiss right away. It's a fun album. Yeah, it's a I, fun like album. It. Yeah. I love it. I'm sure one of you, one of you idiots know this. So what was number one? What, what caused kiss not to get the number one record? Does Ooh, anyone know? Buble. Which book is like a, his Christmas album or something? What was it? Uh, mm. No, because Sonic Boom, <laughs> Sonic Boom came out in the fall. I think oh, it right. came out what, September, it I think it was. I think so. September, I think. Yeah, so <laughs> who knows? It's a good album, though. Yeah, like, I don't mind awesome. Sonic Boom. I, I, I listen to Sonic Boom. It, it, it's it's very listenable to me. I, I really enjoy some of it. Monster, I really just, ugh. Yeah. Good, good, good heavens. <laughs> All right, Tom. What do you got? I'm gonna keep the hot takes coming here. We're on a hot. We're on a streak here now. Uh, okay. I'm not a huge fan of the Psycho Circus album. I know a lot of people love it, and that's okay. There's some things that I like. There's a lot that I don't like. I sense a lot of arguing. Give it to us. One of my favorite songs on this album is one of it's it's Paul Stanley writing his anthemic best, and I know it's cheesy. I know it's corny. My co-host thinks it's got one of the worst titles of any Kiss song, but I love every minute of it, and that is I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll. I have always loved that song. I love the way it sounds. Just sonically, I like the way it's written. Um, and of course, the, the chorus. It's Paul Stanley saying, I pledge allegiance to the state. 
I, I, I don't know. I think it's a fun song. Always been one of my go-to tracks with Psycho Circus. Love it. And I was going to keep use it too, but they played it in Australia once. So that's how <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I, 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 I got to I love so Mark. Ma- Mark keeps, Mark keeps the, no, right. Hold on a second. Rule. Right. Mark keeps the rule for that, but he picked for his number, for his number, uh, Two pick, he picked two full albums. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> My world, baby. <laughs> no, I, I, I love the pick. I, I think I actually think Psycho Circus is an actually underrated record. Yeah, there's some shit it's, on it, but yeah. I actually think it's in the grand scheme of things, it gets crapped on because more so because it wasn't the original four recording that record. So, but some of the songs well, on that are jo- really jo- good. Joey, that record because and here's how here's how fucking boomer i am i still use an ipod um <laughs> in my ipod the sonic or excuse me the, the psycho circus that was released looks nothing like the one on my ipod meaning because what I totally edited all that shit off there's the garbage is off so and what'd you take off what'd you take off of dreaming's terrible <laughs> um, i like dream i know it's a ripoff but i like it no it's terrible um, the, the Peter Chris thing gone. Well, that's that's I, 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 I put that on because it was the same session in your face. I put on in, in its place. Oh yeah, and I put uh, um, it's my life because it's from yeah. the same session. Yep. And I also think I put sweet and dirty love because that was uh, that was from those, those sessions. sessions. There's actually I forget the titles, but there's a couple really good uh, Psycho Circus um, demos, right? Yeah, there's a ton. My, of my them, point yeah. is that record. If Fairburn, it was Fairburn. Yeah, mm-hmm. he fu- yep. he fucking ruined it. I mean, because again, there was some quality songs, and and again, the, the way I, the way I have it when I listen to it, I find it cohesive. I found it a whole lot better than what they originally gave us. Because I do think In Your Face is a great rock song. I do think you know, as we've I already talked about, um, you know, it's my life. Those, it replaced two terrible songs, and again, I, 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 what I like my version of it a lot. I just, and, and I know I'm, I know I'm not alone in that. I know a lot of people that say the same sorts of things. You know, there, there were better song choices. Well, that's and, uh, it's funny you say that too, because I think the the common misconception of producers is when people say Fairburn ruined it. Sonically, Sonic Boom sounds great. Sonically, yeah. it sounds incredible, and I think people automatically think, "Well, that's just the producer's job." But what people don't realize is, and especially at this point, which I don't know why Kiss and Paul and Gene especially agreed to this at this point, because they're bigger than ever at this point, coming off the reunion tour. Why they agreed to have a guy like Bruce Fairburn, who knew nothing about Kiss necessarily, yeah. you know, pick and choose and help choose songs and song parts and arrangements. That's what hurts um, Psycho Circus, not the the sonics of it. It's that he didn't understand this is Kiss coming off the reunion tour and what the the fans and the public wanted to hear from Kiss. He was thinking something totally different. He was thinking this whole new type of thing with Within and all this other stuff where Kiss fans wanted a certain thing and he didn't understand that. Well, I tell you what, Paul even says in his book about that, and I'm going to throw another rent right at you joey sorry fucking um that into the into the voids one of the worst kiss songs ever i agree i don't i don't like i agree fucking terrible i don't love it i i I totally agree with you mark i i think i I thought thought you were giving it love earlier no i i think that song is absolutely amateurish 
And and here's the thing. And and look, I hate to disappoint people because it's true. Peter couldn't. They should have used Sister because the demo that Ace already worked up for Sister, he did submit. And the demo, the, the one before the version he released on his record, had some great double bass drumming in it. it there's, a, there's a demo um, from probably 92. Um, it was, it's a real famous version of, we'll put it famous in our geeky fucking world. Um, you know, the one that, um, that Ace released around 92, I'm guessing, um, that version of sister buries the version that Ace eventually released, but I'll tell you why they didn't do it because of the drumming. And I know that Kevin Valentine's playing on the record, but there's no way they could have faked and said, that's Peter. There's just no fucking way. The drumming was too intricate. Um, but that's my point. They had better songs. They just Fairburn or whoever. But again, I, I think had they put Sister on there instead of um, Into the Void, which I think is a much better song, Sister is. And, you know, cut out some of the other crappy tunes. You know, it, it could have been a, a 10 out of 10. Because I, I looked at, I still right now, you know, had had if, we, if they were still allowed to tour at the moment. My, the highlight of the current tour for me, I love Psycho Circus, the song. I love absolutely it. freaking love it. When that I song. heard that for the first time, I was so excited. I'm me not too. thinking it's not Peter. I'm not thinking it's not Ace. I just, when I hear that for the first time, I absolutely fall in love with it. That The lyrics are great. It sets it. That's just a very well-written song. Yeah. And as you know, it, it, the drumming in that song, I, I got to throw it out to Eric. The way Singer plays that, that middle, that middle part. Yep. That 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 drum part is so much and more improved than the one that Valentine played. Agreed, but I also disagree with. I I do believe as limited as Peter was back then. I do and and into into the void, not so much drum wise, but song wise is not a great song. It's terrible. But I, I disagree. I think Peter again. Whatever you know, we could talk about a million, a million years, but Peter could still play enough to get through a lot of those songs. Peter could have put his spin on mm -hmm. Psycho Circus, just like he did. He played the song live, you know, mm -hmm. f three, 400 times after that, probably. Was it as good as the album version? Probably not. But he could still have done those. There was nothing on that record, drum-wise, that Peter couldn't have done. But again, go back and listen to the, the version of Sister. Yeah, no, I know the one you mean. You're right. Yes, he couldn't You're right. have played it in a million years. I mean, Agreed. at his best, he couldn't have played it. Agreed. It's just a totally, totally different... different style. Yep, totally Correct. different. Correct. Agreed. Now, the problem um, was... And that's one thing, if you just, just for real sidebars, give Ace credit. Every drummer he's worked with post-Kiss, there's not a bum in the bunch, man. Everybody he picked could play and could play well, so... And the problem with Psycho Circus is, to me, half the album is completely unlistenable. Some of the songs are some of the worst they've ever done. I mean, songs like We Are One and Journey of a Thousand Years. Oh, I love the, Journey ooh, of I a Thousand that. Years. Yeah, love, I, it. I, I, love it. Love it. I can't. I, and, then, and, then the, and then half the album, I'm, I'm a real big fan of. It's a, it's a weird album for me because half the album is fun and listenable. And the other half is just you're trying to. It's just, it's not I, even, what even that's, a, that's why my iPod version's different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> even a that. song like You Wanted the Best, I know it's ridiculous. I love hearing the four of them going back and forth yelling at each other. I love, I like it. Yeah, it's geeky and cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, perfectly said. Is it a great song? No. Is it geeky and cool? You bet your ass it is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kissing a nutshell right there, buddy. <laughs> Speaking of geeky and cool, 
I think we're up. Are we up to Matt Porter's number two? You know, see, my number two was actually Lover All I Can, which Andy picked earlier. Uh-oh. So I, I'm going to just throw an audible since we're talking Psycho Circus. And Tom just said he hates it. But I think We Are One should be oh. the song they play as you're leaving the concert. Because yeah. when you think about it, the line, when I see my face looking back at me, it's everybody's wearing the kiss makeup. I always thought that was a brilliant nod to the fans, the fact that everybody's dressed as kiss. And I'll tell you a funny story. Years ago, um, we I had to I do a lot of video projects. I did a video project for this. They were saluting this guy who was retiring from the college after, you know, having spent years and years and years. And the photo montage, I actually used We Are One. So I'm standing in this in this group, you know, like of all these very distinguished people, half of them could fire me. You know, it was in it's this guy's family and his <laughs> friends. And it blasts. It's playing really loud because they want everybody to hear it. And I, in my mind, I'm chuckling because I know I'm making them listen to Kiss. <laughs> and, and at the end, this woman comes up and she says, that song in the photo montage was beautiful Real? Whoa. <laughs> who is that and i'm like well it's kiss and she, <laughs> and she was like really and i don't think she went out the next day to buy it but it was like you know it was it was perfect for that i always like just really the sincerity of it i feel like it really is a song that salutes the fans and i mean you'd love to say that the kiss army we are one applied the problem is as soon as you start talking Sonic Boom and Monster, there's no We Are One in that group. But uh, I always love the theme of it. I, I, you know, it's not something that you would necessarily want them to play live because it would slow down the set kind of a little bit. But I always thought it was Gene at his kind of Beatleish, you know, yeah. come together, oh, let's yeah. love each other. And uh, yeah, if you're, it's one of those songs that I just, I really love. You talk about deep cut. I mean. Kiss fans have Kiss fans don't know that because, like you said, you're mixing it maybe out of your iPod mix with a with a better demo. No, I love that song. But yeah, I love it. I mean, and Tom, you were shaking your head like, "Oh, I hate it." I think it's because it does. It's not a rocking song, but it is more of that. Like it reminds me in a way. It's something that could have been on Gene's solo album, '78. Yeah. You know, you put a couple strings behind it, and you know, maybe just an acoustic guitar. It'd be beautiful. I mean, that's something I would love it if his solo band, if they, if he was going around and he did that, I'd lose my mind. I think that would be great. So, you know, since we're, we're your usual shows are about an hour and we're three hours or so deep, <laughs> I'm going to just take my number two and say, Andy, you already picked it. You know, we had a great pick. Back to you, Joey. Yeah, I, I, I like the pick. I, you know, it's funny. It's a great song. I really do believe it's a really good song. It's It's a good mix of the song too i think people who don't like it are you know they're going into sonic uh into psycho circus thinking god of thunder thinking you know Mm -hmm. calling dr love thinking of these things and you get we are one like you said it's more of a gene solo album song but i love it love it i just think it's i I just think it's it's laying it on really really thick with the with the corniness and that's not something that kiss is known for so, but Matt, you, you you played it at that montage, that event. To, to to me, that's that would be a place for it, maybe, and I don't, and I wouldn't have a problem with that. But you also said something that made me laugh, where you would play it as people are walking out of the arena. That's perfect for me because I would walk out of the arena. Well, they've been using, you know, they use "God Gave Rock and Roll" to you for years. That's the song that's playing. I could yeah. see, it, you know, just as much in instead of "God Gave Rock and Roll" to you. I mean, which obviously, yeah. uh, you know, is probably a better song. I mean, I love "God Gave Rock and Roll." Right, to you. right. But right. then again, I love cheesy, and I'm love, I love laying it on thick. So, okay, and, and that's why we're here. That's why we are one. My <laughs> number. So my number two is is the opposite. 
of oh. of that gene pick. Mine is, and and I'm a, a very pop sensibility type of guy. I'm, I'm, I like pop music. I like hooks and I like choruses and I like melodic stuff. But this is primal gene to me at his absolute best. And it's the opposite of we are wanted. It, it's gene at his dirtiest and me, maybe it's not as dirty as hate but it's it's as mean as dirt and dirty as gene at his finest and that's not for the innocent Lick it up. It's it's just such a great Gene song. There's a de- the demos is really good too, but the, the the song is just such. Lick it up again is another one of those records that is so underrated. People always talk about creatures, and then they talk about animalized because of Heaven's on Fire and stuff. But Lick it up is such an underrated record, especially the Gene stuff. Gene is so mean and heavy on this especially this song one of my favorites and you're right the demo that is awesome Mm -hmm. even better yeah yeah it's a great great song for sure i don't think we're gonna get too many arguments over that one again it's something they never do live they would never think about doing live but it's just a great track off lick it up it's so just dirty gene at his best and again like i said before people think of gene checking out in the 80s not not yet anyway gene is killer on lick it up i see i used to say that that was much like you know with unholy that's a makeup song to me yeah, yeah. I, I, not for the innocent would have fit perfectly on creatures and creatures agreed yeah. i always wonder too and, and i know obviously lick it up is a big hit you know the song and then the album is also a big hit but i, I wonder if the kiss community do they respect lick it up more if they have the makeup on still because it is a lot of that record is a makeup it's the sister record of creatures i always think of those two those two records you know as brother and sister records i wonder yeah. if if they ha- if there's if that's a makeup cover and a crazy sick cool cover with vinny on the cover with makeup is it more respected in the kiss community you think I, you, you know, know joe I- joey one of the things that and it was funny because i actually thought about this is as a show topic, you know, for from for our show. What if Kiss would have unmasked for Lick It Up, but then when you went and seen them in concert, they you know they 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 would make up and they had the big show. Huh. I, I always wondered like how would that have affected things and would that have changed it? It's like okay, here we are on the cover without makeup, but when you come see us, we're gonna still put the Joe I'm going to edit this out of this episode we're going to steal that for for podcast rock city (laughs) (laughs) yeah no no I like yeah it's a it's a fun fun visual yeah I agree I never thought of that you know what I think that goes back to though and and obviously you saw it when it was on the unmasking on MTV to me the unmasking on MTV actually seeing Gene and Paul without the makeup officially was (laughs) was a game changer and they couldn't really go back right away because it changed every I felt it changed everything about Kiss and it ties into Joey's pick because something like not for the innocent Gene I think had the hardest time becoming 
make, non-makeup gene, right? And you saw him really struggle. So that song like that, he's writing for the demon character. I mean, obviously that's something where, yeah. you know, Gene is still trying to figure out, like, do I stick the tongue out or not? You know, it's like, what am I going to do here? You know, but the, uh, I think once the makeup came off, and once you really officially saw them, I remember watching that on MTV feeling, man, this is really important. I don't know if the rest of the world was as caught up as I was, but it was like, and I mean, obviously, and then you go, it's not Ace and Peter would have been nice if it had been the original four, that would be the most mind blowing moment if it had been the original four. But the, uh, the way I think if you had gone back and seen them then, and they had the makeup, it would have felt weird because now we know what they look like. And I think anybody yeah. that came into kiss later, and I, and I don't know when everybody's jumping on point, but like, if you like now we've seen the makeup on, off, on, they should take it off forever. I mean, like, you know, the, the uh, it's, it, you know, that, that magic, you had to have been there at the, at the point in the seventies and people say, Oh, I'm the biggest kiss fan, even though I discovered them in 2006 or whatever. If you miss those early makeup days, <laughs> it'll never, it'll never be recreated. No, no band will ever pull it off again because you'll have a, you know, here's so-and-so's band. They're mysterious. Yeah. Here's right. their pictures on Facebook of them drinking a latte. Sure, you yeah. know, nobody knows, you know, so it's like, uh, and you know, and uh, when they're recording, lick it up. In their mind frame, they're a makeup band. They don't know they're taking the makeup off yet, right? So right. when they're tracking Lick It Up, in their minds, they're still creatures kiss. They're still kiss, you know, full-fledged makeup demons, you know, all this stuff, the, the characters. So, And I, I think it reflects in the music a little bit. I think yeah. like imagine if you had lick it up if the video was them in makeup with all that fire and the girls oh, kind of right. running around and Paul jumping just like that, <laughs> but it was in the makeup. I'll yeah. tell you what, that'd be pretty cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> yep. All right, here we go, boys. We're up to our number one picks. I'll recap everyone's picks. So Joe, so far you got number five, Jungle. You got number four, Young and Wasted. Number three, I'm a Legend Tonight. Number two, Under the Gun. Joe, what's your number one pick? Predictable, but it's nowhere to run. Nice. I mean, and for real, for real, that. I don't know if it's because I have history with that record um, that was so amazing and so special that when I think about listening to those four songs, it was like getting a treat or getting something. Agreed. You know, that uh, it was just like a, it was like, it was like coming home from school, knowing there was no chocolate milk, opening up the refrigerator and mom <laughs> bought two gallons. <laughs> Perfectly said. Perfect. Holy crap. There's milk. There's new milk. It's like, it wasn't just going to be, you know, cold gin or whatever. <laughs> I got chocolate milk. Oh, that was yeah. great. I love that analogy. Yeah. I, I, again, I felt the same way with Creatures. Creatures was, I mean, uh, Killers was such a treat for me, knowing that these four tracks that I'd never heard or discovered or knew about that I could listen to and really digest. And if you really think about it, they're four Paul Stanley solo tracks. If you really think about it, you know, cause yeah. it's Bob Kulik. It's probably, I can't imagine Gene's playing bass on any of them. Does anyone even know if he is Eric's playing drums on it? So it's really Paul Stanley solo tracks, but what a pleasure to hear these four tracks. 
yeah. Yeah, Mark, Mark, let me ask you because you were there. I can't remember uh, how many of the tracks off Killers did uh, Bob and Bruce play. Who? Wait, Bruce Kulik didn't. Bruce didn't play any, right? Bob played oh, all of them. On, Bob, on Bob the played Kiss Cruise. Yeah, oh, on the Kiss Cruise, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruise. Okay. Gotcha. I don't remember. I don't think they played Partners in Crime. I'm pretty sure they didn't. No, I don't think they played that, but I want to say they played the other three. I'm pretty sure you're right. If 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 not all three, two. I mean, I definitely. When they played, though, I when the first night Bruce yeah. and Bob get up there, they do that set. There were a lot of people going. I could go home now. <laughs> I right. I could leave. There it, were people it, it, crying. It, it did steal the show, and I, I I told this story on three sides. Um, I we were waiting to go. And keep in mind, you know, through the conventions and all this stuff, you know, I, I've seen Bruce play eight billion times. <laughs> I, I was hungry. My wife was hungry. My friends, I'm I'm like, you know what? I just want to watch like five minutes of Bruce and then I'm, I'll be in. Now, keep in mind, I've seen him a million times do his solo stuff. Man, when Bob and Bruce started that set, like 10 minutes in, I'm like, I'll catch up with you. <laughs> it was great, man. It yeah. was amazing. It was, it, it was, really was. It really was. It was spectacular. And uh, everything about it. And then they came back, and guess what? It was spectacular again. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those, those sets were really must sees. And, and it's funny because I'm not the biggest, you know, 80s era Kiss fan at all, but. Um, they really breathe new life into those songs. And I tell you what, if, if you're watching this, um, it, it, all that stuff's on YouTube. But but I, I'll say it once I say I said it once I said it again. It's different when you're there, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. The videos are awesome, but it's even more awesome when you're there. It, I'm sure. it just the yeah. sound and the vibe and, and and everything else. So, you know, that's part of the magic that is really lost with everybody now um really quick when when the end of the world tour started i purposefully you know the detroit date wasn't until march when it started february whenever that whatever it started i made sure i didn't see any picture i I did (laughs) i remember you saying that right yeah yeah i i wanted to be bowled over when it when i saw it for the first time and 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 i was matter of fact on a totally different subject i i'm a huge godzilla fan and i made sure before <laughs> yes. last week that I, I, I paid zero attention to all this. So I was really, real that I loved it. That was fantastic. But anyways, um, you know, you got to do it. But that's what, that was my whole point about it. We live in a world now of instant, and, it, and I'm telling you, it makes things worse. The magic was better when you didn't know and when you oh, weren't yeah. bombarded with a million images <clears throat> of it. Mm-hmm. But that's Agreed. just me being, you know, a boomer. So no, no, we'll, 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 we'll be the last movie. So I put my fingers in my ears just to be safe. <laughs> it's all good. We're all good. Okay, good. All right, Mark, we're on you. So let's recap. So you got number five, hate. Number four, dirty living. Number three, it's my life. Number two, the full albums of Sonic and Monster. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, and number one, hold on. I, I couldn't decide, but I did decide. But <laughs> here he goes. I hold, no, hold on. I love um, oh, secretly cruel. Yes. 
that that's a great deep track, but I want Gene to do it the way that double vertigo guy did. But I know she's secretly cool. I ain't nobody's fool. Yeah, I know she's secretly I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's where I'm like, you know, hold on. The double vertigo version. If I could, in a in a perfect world, have Gene sing it, that would have been it. So then I, I scrap that because that's fantasy. <laughs> I, I look. My name is Mark Cicchini, and I endorse. I fucking love Cadillac Dreams. I'll tell you why. I think it's a fun, silly song. It's Gene, for lack of better word, letting his hair down. Um, and if you, I love the lyrics, man. I love the lyric that he talks about, you know, about the ring, but you ain't got my size. I love that attitude. That is, you know what I mean? I love that that in your face. I'm I'm gonna make I, everything about that screams what I think Gene stands for and what we as kiss fans were drawn to um i th think a lot of people give that song a hard time i think it's awesome so that's it i love it yeah I, I wish i could shit on it but i can't i i love that song it, it's it's definitely a song that i think most kiss fans look down their nose on and say this is ridiculous this is gene at his cheesiest but that's what i want from kiss i don't i want cheese i want fun i want you know good-hearted stuff like that i love it me too. Me too. Come on, someone shit on it, please. Come on, Tom, give give us something. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. It's your show. No, but I don't want you. That's but... trust me. That's not why I asked you on. All right, the song sucks. So you feel yes. <laughs> and I love Hot in the Shade, but Gene. <clears throat> no, give it. No. Come on, don't hold back, you stupid idiot. Come on. I, I, why, why are you egging me on? You, you, don't do this to me. Don't don't do this to me. I don't like it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and I love Hot in the Shade, but I can't get into Cadillac. I'm the drink, opposite. Like, I hate Hot in the Shade, but I love Cadillac Dream. And there Andy, you go. And, Andy, and, and, Andy, and, and, yell at him. Do something. I don't like it. Sorry, Mark. I'm with Tom on this one. There you go. Not a fan. But then again, Andy and I like bang bang you. So what are you gonna do? There you go. Clearly something go. wrong with us. So I don't yeah. know how you like one and not the other. I'm a fan of both. So I think you're you're complete. You're both all crazy for not you. Mark is preaching that he loves Cadillac Dreams, but he's making fun of bang bang you. Really, right. really. I know. I know. I know. What are you gonna do? That's us. That's a that's that's a Kiss fan. Yeah. I exactly perfect. Yep. All right, Andy. What do you got? Number one. So here's your here's your pick so far. So. You got number five, easy as it seems. Number four, bang, bang you. Number three, love her all I can. Number two, danger us. Number one, what do you got? I'm doing it. 
Read my No, body. you're not. I it. You're I not it. doing it. Oh, doing it. No. It's done. No one likes that song. It's Andy. Andy, you didn't let me down. I am a fan of Pot of Thunder, and I will never forget when you guys did that song. It was I, I knew I knew you were going to pick this song tonight. <laughs> Andy, just to yeah. be fair, quickly give your emails for the hate mail quick right now. <laughs> yeah, Pot oh, of man. Thunder at Yahoo.com. Summed them over. I love it. I love it. The- <laughs> Here, okay, back to something I mentioned before: audacity, right? Mm-hmm. And let's also mention. Is this uh, your favorite Kiss song of all time? No, probably not. But we're talking about deep cuts, right? Is there anything more ridiculous than... <laughs> no, no. Basically, if you look at the lyrics, Paul Stanley's offering his the shape of his penis as the 27th letter of the alphabet. <laughs> it's, like, it's like an even hornier Ben Franklin idea. <sighs> That's what he's delivering with this. And if you just listen to it and listen to what he's saying... How could you listen to that and not laugh? Maybe that's the wrong emotion. Maybe that's... <laughs> at, the, at the end of the song, when you hear Paul Stanley say, extra, extra, read all yeah. about it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on. Oh. I mean, it's Andy, just, you're, 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 the best. You're, you're coming through big on this, on this show right now. I want you to know that. You're coming. This is, what I, this is why you're here. I love yeah. it. No love one it. would have the balls. To say, read my body, but you. And here's here's one of the things that people are going to say. The criticism is going to be, oh, it's a pour some sugar on me ripoff. Which it is. It, it's fine. Yeah. But I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Right. Why not? I like it. I love it. I'm not even going to say I like it. The only Cowbell difference is right pour, pour some sugar oh. is, is like a girl song. Read my body is talking about Paul's body. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. I love it. Tom might yeah, like that, but you know the, the average Kiss fan. You know, well, there's something wrong again. There's something wrong with us. Yeah, yeah. But that. But like you said, it's the audacity. It's this complete and utter stupidity of the of mm-hmm. the song and the fact that Paul just unabashedly is like, "I'm doing it," and this is the song. It's just I. I have a boner. Is yeah. all he's saying. He's saying it like 13 ways or whatever through the different lyrics. Yep. That's it. And he's admiring it too. <laughs> You know what? The song is so goofy, but I have a soft spot for it because it was January 2000. We're running. It's me and my friend Bob Rodsky and Keith Pankowitz, and we're running for the train to get to New York to go to the the Kiss. It was the not the Kiss convention, the guitar convention. Paul Stanley and Ace are going to be there. Ace never showed up. We had to get back on the train. But as we're running, like literally, we're running for the train because we want to get into New York. And Keith yells, what's that song where Paul Stanley raps in the middle? And without even missing a beat, Bob starts doing the rap from Read My Body. He's doing like, and now he's in full Paul Stanley mode as we're sprinting for the train. And, and, and then it was just, I don't know, it was the funniest thing ever. It's an image that I associate with the song, him just having the best time. It is a cheesy, goofy song, but in that moment, it was the most fun. And he's just <laughs> dancing, singing it, and we made it to New York. So it was good. Excellent. Gotta love it. 
I I still like it better than Back to the Stone Age, but it's 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 a ballsy pick. Joey, this, Joey, this this is the risk you run by yeah. you have all of us on here. You, you never know what's going to happen here. That's going to be a tough one to follow, Tom. What do you got? I don't want to hear shout it out loud right now. No, mine's a little bit more. Uh, I should basic normal. It's not read my body, but uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna go back. I'm, I'm gonna go back to Gene. And wait, again, wait, hold on. Wait, let me recap your songs oh. first. Hold on. Here, okay. Here's your song. So Please we do. got number five. You love me to hate you. Number four. All the way. Number three. Thou shalt not. Number two. I pledge allegiance. Number one. Where's my drum roll? Oh, come on, buddy. Hold on. Hold on. Ooh. I'm not. I'm not prepared. <laughs> You said it earlier that it's kind of tough to come up with deep cuts on those original six makeup albums. I'm gonna this this look. This is a deep cut. Everybody loves it, or I should say, maybe, let me be careful. Everybody might not love it. Joe's shaking his head. He's nervous for some reason. I don't know why. I'm going with Gene, my man. Okay, okay, that's right. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. It's Gene, and we're going with "Got Love for Sale" off a of Love Gun. Oh. Right. I thought you were gonna go great one, expectations and you getting ejected, but I got you. No, 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 no. no. One, one of one of one of the all time greats for me, um, Love Gun, Sweet Spot album for me. But uh, I just, I just, I love the vibe and the groove of Gut Love for Sale. I like the chorus. I like the sing along, the background. You know, have have love will travel. And Gene kind of rips in with you know, I got love for sale and the ace with the solo. It's a it's a weird song. It's a unique song, and it's one of those songs where if it's one of those songs where if I want to hear it, I have to I have to seek it out because I'm not really going to hear it anywhere else. You know, and, and I've always loved it. Love Gun was the very first album I got. That's where I came into Kiss and uh, got Love for Sale. That's my number one. I love the acoustic guitar in that song. That Absolutely. It, it, add, it adds so it much really to it. Agreed. That's yep. I tell you what, that is really the quintessential deep cut. It, it really is. Because like you said, you can't get it anywhere else, but. But there, yeah. that is a great. Yeah, I love that song. Did they do funny, that on the uh, cruise? I don't. No, right. Think so, Mm-mm. no. They did almost human. Almost human, sweet. right? That almost made my list, but I didn't want to have two songs off the same album. But yeah, it's funny. But you're right. That little, that little, that little, that little acoustic over on the top there adds yeah. adds a lot to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You know, over the years, whenever someone would ask me my favorite studio record, my favorite Kiss record of all time is Alive 2. But my favorite studio record, my answer used to always be Rock and Roll Over. But I mm-hmm. realize I really think I like Love Gun more. I really do. Mm-hmm. Love Gun is, a, again, a stronger record. I really, I great pick. I, I, I wish I could yell at you and curse you out, but I can't. <laughs> you'll, find, you'll find something. You'll find something to yell at me about. So I'll edit it all in. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> all right <clears throat> all right matt enough another tough one to follow we got so far so matt's number five tomorrow number four down on your knees number three i can't stop the rain the peter chris classic number two we are one 
Number one, Matt. What do you got? Hold on. Little, little drum roll. Hold on. You know, instead of doing a drum roll, do the little fill from Cold Gin that you did the last time I was on your show. You were on completely damaged. Which one? What was the Ooh. fill? I don't remember. Like when he's doing the Cold Gin rap, and he says, let the tequila. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> I love that. We were doing an episode of Completely yes. Damaged with Joey, which is another show, and he did that while we were talking in the middle. And I know that anybody <laughs> listens to that show, it's all about wrestling. I was the only one to probably appreciate it, but I love it. So that, that's one of the best bits. I love that. I didn't and have it, my cabal. I did it on the rim. The uh, the funny thing is, like I had a couple other songs scribbled down. I had Eyes of Love by Eric Carr, which I think I don't know if that even counts as necessarily a nah, song because that. it's so that's the the head shake you just did. Like it's not really even really in the game. My number one pick is It's My Life. Mark mentioned it earlier. Woo. I didn't I didn't throw an audible and pick another one. I stand by. I think that is one of the greatest songs they should have done. It should have been an anthem it would have been something that i mean we talked about it extensively earlier and now we're six hours into this podcast but the, uh, <laughs> you know it's it's the the wendy williams version the the 82 demo version phenomenal i really wish they had like you know when you're talking about you know not for the innocent imagine if they do it's my life with gene just snarling those lyrics in a way that i mean that song is the greatest f you to anybody who tells you to not yeah. believe in yourself that line and always you know shout it from the roof and face up to the truth man i tell you that's a line that constantly it makes you feel good about yourself and i mean you know you want to be larger than life that would have been a gene larger than life you know gene basically you know at that time you know you could have said to the pmrc f you or whatever it's my life i'll do what i want and it's yep. that's why that was my number one i didn't switch off of it even though you mentioned it earlier very eloquently i would i would add and it was just and that's i'm sticking with that great stuff man yeah we went through it before hard to argue it really is a deep deep cut not really on any of the releases and stuff like that a song most people don't know about even I would think a lot of diehard Kiss fans don't even know that song. Had to wait for the box set all those years for yeah. it. Really, I mean, obviously, and, and even the Wendell Williams album, as much as it's called kind of a lost Kiss album, you know, yep. a lot of Kiss fans don't know that. And which yeah. any Kiss fan that doesn't know that album, I mean, come on, that, that should be part of the uh, required uh, <laughs> listening. But the, uh, but yeah, it's a song that has always kind of slipped through the cracks. The tire kickers, we were talking, you know, obviously deep cuts. Tire kickers do not know that song. It's no. just not on their radar, not in their iPod. They don't know it, um, especially because it came out of the box that was, which was expensive. So it's just, uh, you know, people didn't necessarily pick it up. Yeah. Great, tune. Great choice. So before I get to my number one, our, our moron buddy, Chris Jericho sent uh -oh. in his, his top five. Let so, me guess. Everything's, everything's from crazy nights. Crazy nights. <laughs> yes. No, you'd be, you'd be surprised. So, Here's so wait, does, are these the songs that made the list? <laughs> nice, nice, nice segue. So Chris's songs, number five, hate. Number four, uh, you know what? I'm not even sure if this is his order. He just texted me like this. Number five, hate. Number four, my way. Number yep. three, king of the mountain. Number two, one in a million. Number one, which is a surprising wait, pick. Give him a, give him a drum roll. Nah, he doesn't deserve a drum roll. And Joe, was that Karen walking through the back? Was, Tell her to yeah. Whoa! Say hello. Put Karen <laughs> on camera. She's 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 upstairs drinking a little bit of the bubbly. Is she? <laughs> is, is she I'm in not a bathing? Is she in a bathing suit right now, Joe? No. Oh. 
That might. Yo, she is wearing something you'll never see her in. <laughs> <laughs> so Jericho's number one pick, Room Service. Nice. Ooh. Which really is an underrated song. It's something that I, I, it's surprising over the years how it, it really, that should be a Kiss staple. It just seems like yeah. the perfect, it really seems like the perfect Kiss song. Absolutely. Yep. So my picks up to now, I got... Number five, I've had enough into the fire. Number four, partners in crime. Number three, hard times. Number two, not for the innocent. And my number one pick, I couldn't be way such the opposite of not for the innocent. And this is, I would think, second in line from "Read My Body" with from probably one of the most hated Kiss songs in 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 in, uh, in history. Oh. And I he love says, it. I finally found it, my way. It's, it's no. Oh, you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe this is third. Uh it's it's really one of my I, I love the message I love the song I love the vocal. Mark is gonna have a heart attack. It's don't, off of Crazy Nights. It. Yes, it's my way. I like that song. Oh, I like that song. Well done, Joey. There's no arguments there. Absolutely incredible song. Yeah, there is a production and the guitar a little weak on it. I don't care about that. The song is phenomenal. Paul's vocal is insane. There's a a Mm -hmm. vocal-only track on YouTube that you can listen to. He's in another stratosphere where he's singing. And, And to me, that's what Kiss is all about. Kiss is always do things my way. Screw you! You know I believe in me. You know do don't don't listen to the guy over here. Listen to yourself. Believe in yourself. It's just it's the quintessential you know '80s Kiss song for me. Love it. Always loved it. Number one. Good call. I've always been a fan of that song. I like the Crazy Nights album. I mean, I take it for what it is, but my ways my ways a good song. But that that is a song that is a song that takes a beating. Yeah, just the whole Crazy Nights album, I think, believe it or not, is a very underrated record. I know people talk mm-hmm. about some of the other records, and I, Mark is <laughs> Mark is running out of time. But, Mark, yeah. Well, I, Joey I, just proved he's going to walk like he walks and talks like he talks, and it's his way. Come I, on. I, it's no Frank Sinatra, but it's still my way. You know what I'm trying oh. to say? But it, it's, yeah, it's just, you know, it's. It's a great pop record. It's you know, it's it's the the new unmasked of the eighties. It's pop sensibilities across the board. Yeah, there's a couple clunkers on it, but in general, I I'll fight hell to hold hold you is is one of this is one of my like honorable mentions. Great, another great song. Love the drumming on it. Love the vocals. Maybe he could have sung it down an octave, but it's insane. It's just a, it's a crazy song. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. We're about nine and a half hours in. Um, I, I, I can't thank you all enough for being on. It, it's a pleasure to have the, this, this meeting of the minds, meeting of the, the families, if, if you, if you, if you will, as, as was mentioned earlier. Um, everyone, please quickly promote your show. Joe, what do you got going on? Um, first of all, I want to thank all of you guys um, that nobody picked 
that fucking shitty song, Anything for My Baby. Um, <laughs> we're now going to uh, uh, Podcast Rock City. You can get it on iTunes and all those other fucking places. But we do it live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Come and join us. You can you can message us while we're doing the show, and we even talk about uh, what you're saying. It's uh, uh, a lot of fun. Nice. Just so you know, Joe, while you were saying that, anything for my baby is playing underneath you. Anyway, uh, Mark, tell us where to find uh, every, you, promote your show. Every Tuesday, uh, three sides of the coin with my other two knuckleheads and a really hot chick. So that's, uh, you know, that's three sides. But more importantly, um, Left for Dead, my band, if you want to go to YouTube, uh, uh uh, left for dead we have a song on there called rock and roll dogs a cool video we did killer video and, by uh, the way killer video dude th- thanks man and also um go to amazon if you like that in left for dead the name of the record though is lfd so because there's a couple punk bands called left for dead too so if you want to find us it's left for dead the album is lfd and you can find that on, on amazon and it's on spotify and all that kind of stuff so I appreciate it. Tell you what, got a ton of love on over it, you know, with uh, running things through three sides and it's uh, really doing well and all that stuff. So uh, that's it. Three sides of the coin and uh, Left for Dead's the name of my band. So. Killer Mark. Andy. Mm, Pot of Thunder every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you could get in on the conversation on Facebook or Twitter potofthunder.com if you want to submit songs that we might potentially do an episode about and it was my pleasure to be here with at least five other people who had the same (laughs) idiotic idea to spend free time talking about kiss in your spare bedroom of your house it's like a a league of extraordinary dunderheads yeah yeah Very well said. And if I can recommend, please, enough of the Chris Jericho uh, guest appearances. He's, he's too many. You yeah, it's, he's hard him? to listen to with that stupid Canadian accent. <laughs> <laughs> he bullies his way on. He just says, "I'm coming on tonight. Fire up the equipment, and that's it." I believe. I remember. I think the last time you wow. had him on, you're like, "Dude, yeah, we're gonna be in. We're gonna be in the in the in the dressing room in his hotel room. It's gonna be like five in the morning." I don't know if I'm gonna be able to call you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it was. Yeah, it was uh, like right before the pandemic. It was March first in Chicago. Yeah. It's he fell asleep because we did three podcasts in a row after the <laughs> AEW. Wow! Right, because when I messaged you to be a part of this, the last time we kind of spoke was from that, and I was reading through our thread, and that that was the last thing we spoke about. <laughs> yep, that's right. All right, Tom, what do you got? Don't mention that that idiot Zeus. Oh, I can't. No, I can't. I have to mention Zeus. All my right, friend, my my friend and co-host shout out Loudcast. So we we drop new episodes every Saturday. Uh, you know, we said earlier. You know, when this show started six weeks ago, uh, whatever time it is now. You know, this ep- this this episode tonight we've been recording for. <laughs> I don't even know how long have we been doing here. Uh, but yeah, we drop new episodes every every Saturday, um, and then once a month. Last year we started something where once a month we drop 
a non-Kiss album review episode. We do those once once a month that we rotate them. So it's all of our favorite bands that aren't Kiss. We talk about rock, metal, grunge, uh, but primarily it is the all Kiss um, episodes and those drop every Saturday. And you can find us on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and our email address is shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And I just want to say, Joey, thank you. And thank you all of you guys, Mark, Matt, Joe, Joey, uh, Andy. This has been a blast. Too much fun. And uh, it's been a, it's been a thrill. So I'm, I was happy to be here. I had a great, great time. You know, you got a lot of balls commenting on the length of this podcast. I was listening to the last episode of Shout Out Loudcast. And I, I think I, I looked over at the time code. It was like 47 minutes in. You guys were still reading the mail. I was like, what are these? What are you doing? Come on. Where's the topic already? We, we, we love and I was still listening. I don't know what I was doing. Well, see, that's the problem. You can't, st- you can't not listen. I know. We like to, we like to give respect to, look, <laughs> if there are people out there who are as insane as us, we want to give them the respect and read their insanity on the show. It's, it's like Matt said earlier, we are one. Even uh, worse than the guys writing in and worse than you reading it. I'm the listening. Com- yeah, I'm the complete moron. I'm listening the whole time. And I'm like 45 minutes in, I didn't hear one thing yet. All I heard nope. was comments. What am you I doing? Stick, and I kept, we'll, yeah, and I kept listening. I mean, I finished the episode and it was good. I hated to, you. We, we get to it eventually. Yeah, our, our episode if we break any if we break under 2 hours, it's a record. So Yeah, we, it's, we, it's, it's, we can't stop talking. As soon as I was bad mouthing you guys with like doing research and reading quotes from books, I was like, "Wow, these guys these this was actually a good episode." Anyway, oh, yeah, we, ba- we, we, we balance we, we balance we, we balance the stupidity with knowledge. It's it's a very it's a very complex thing we do. Speaking of stupidity and knowledge, Mr. <laughs> Matt Porter, what do you got? You know what? I think if there's anybody out there who has made it through this 17-hour podcast and still is watching, look, if you're out there, you, I'm talking to you, you might enjoy what I do over on the Kiss Room, and I'm only once a month. I'll give you two hours once a month because I know there's a billion other great podcasts that talk about Kiss. I'm just a little slice of, you know, of your time during once a month you can listen. The one thing is, like Joe mentioned earlier, they go live. Um, I, my thing has always been, usually we are live. We haven't been live in a year because of the fact that, uh, you know, we can't get in the studio, but it's, uh, you know, so it's, it's, Second Friday of every month, I drop a new episode. Um, you know, we have a house band that does, we're talking about Deep Cuts tonight. They play Deep Cuts, they, they do them live. So you get, you know, a, a different feel on a bunch of talented musicians doing some really cool Kiss covers. Uh, but that's what I do. I try and focus on kind of, you know, also the experience of being a Kiss fan. I try and bring on fans who have just interesting stories. I like to bring on people that are, you know, kind of on, you know, on the fringes of it. You know, it's not always everybody trying to get, you know, Paul Stanley's publicist didn't return my email. So I'm, you know, he might never get them, but the, uh, <laughs> I've always enjoyed just talking to other kiss fans. That's what it's all about. And I think to me, the great thing is like, especially now with social media, you know, you post a picture from like the convention in 1992 and everybody comments, I was there, I was there, I was there. And I love that because you get to share stories with somebody who you might've stood next to. You mm-hmm. didn't know them because we didn't know you knew your circle of friends that went to the convention and that was it. Now you kind of know everybody. And 
And it's funny to have people come on and share their story and maybe it parallels your story. And that's what I really enjoy. And like I said, we're almost into the 10th season of it. I've been doing about 10 years wow. as the kiss room. And, and it's just, that's been the most fun is getting people just to come on and share maybe what they're doing. They're passionate about something, you know, they, they're working on a kiss project. They're, they're doing the expo. That's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. You know, you won't find a lot of album reviews and kind of that kind of thing with me. I'd rather hear from how did that make you feel? Where were you when you bought it? You know, yeah, I remember that convention. That's the kind of stuff we really talk about. Not a lot of debating, more like celebrating. So it's really, uh, that's what the Kiss Room, if you go to the kissroom.com, all kind of links, socials, all the most fun stuff. Cool. Guys, right. so much fun. Again, thank you all so much for coming on. I don't know if anyone's ever attempted this before. I had this, you know, brainstorm in my head to get all the kiss the podcast together. You know, I know it's a wacky community where the fans hate one podcast and they love the other and they badmouth this guy and they badmouth that guy. I love it. I think it's all fun because I was in the Kiss Tribute band scene for a long time and it was the same way. We hated each other, and this guy hated that guy, that gene, and this gene was fat, and that gene was bald, and blah, <laughs> whatever. It's the same crazy Kiss fans. We're all the same. We're, we all come from the, the same uh, background. We love Kiss. We love to talk about Kiss. We love to hate Kiss, and we love to love Kiss. So I thank you guys so much for coming on. I would have loved to have a little bit more bloodshed and a little bit more arguing, but unfortunately, we were all pretty civil tonight. Maybe we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come back again when, when we're more used to each other and we could really, you know, dig in and badmouth each other. That's what I really wanted. <laughs> but anyway, guys, everyone out there, please send your emails to top5withjoeycasada.gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube. We air, we're live every um, Tuesday on YouTube, every Monday, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, uh, Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. Please send your comments. We'd love to hear more stuff. Give us some topics. Give us your top five kiss deep cuts. Give us your comments on these all these goofy bastards that we're on tonight. Guys, pleasure. Thanks so much again for coming on. And hopefully we'll have you Thank back you. again. Thank you. Great. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, Joey. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Awesome. You too.